Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collects, C-O-L-L-X. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is our fifth season, episode 20. It is May 20th. I can't believe we're almost done with May, Drew. Crazy. You are list- I know, it's unbelievable. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports card pod, card, card podcast, and I'll get it out. We're, we're, not, we're not smooth, but we get it done, right, Drew? Exactly. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. I should say Drew is the content creator. He has a great YouTube channel at DFW Graffer. He is on Twitter, DFW Graffer. Make sure you follow him. Drew, you're going to be getting a new uh, video come out this week? Uh, Yeah, uh, probably going to be because, I mean, I've got a... uh... Almost 10 minutes of in-person info. So that's a good way to start things out and make sure that I'm actually going to have something decent here this week. Well, Drew, you know what? I have a, like a, a, a cloud, black cloud over me with my 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 Boston playoff teams, my, right? My Bruins, Oof, yeah. they couldn't beat the friggin' my, the, the Florida Panthers who are now going, hey, did you see four overtimes? They, they beat Carolina. Yeah, I was not in the mood to stay up for that at all. I saw it the next morning there. <laughs> And who who scored the goal? Matt oh, Kachuk, of yeah, course. Yeah, Matt Kachuk. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a Boston kid, a thorn in my side. He's yep. he's really good. Well, with the, we're doing this on we're recording this on the twentieth of May, and we are just watching game two. I watched just watched game two of the the Celtics and Miami Heat. I didn't, never thought Miami would be such a a a, a, a horrible city for me you know we got yeah. florida we got the the hockey miami with basketball i know the dolphins are gonna kill me this year I don't, I don't know what to do drew yeah it's just uh man it's it's weird to me and Cle- uh cleveland was always losing to miami for a little while there too i mean you know had the marlins beating us in the world series they stomped the browns in the 85 playoffs there at one point and then of course you know stealing lebron from us so that's yeah three sports right they're just yeah not a fan of miami at all yeah, the, the Celtics are playing uninspired basketball. I don't know if you watched any of it. Did you watch any of the game? I have not. No, I haven't seen any of it. They are playing this, like, they, they, they're all trying to be heroes. It's one-on-one basketball, and Miami's playing as a team. And even when the Celtics get ahead, they were ahead by, like, I don't know, 12 points or something in the fourth quarter, and they just crumbled again. They, I, I don't know. It's This is not... This is it's just not what the what I what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah, definitely get that. I know, but you know, at least we got teams in the playoffs, unlike your Cleveland guys. 
<laughs> yeah, we're we're not doing much of anything right now. I mean, the penguins didn't make it. Obviously, the uh, my wife's abs got stomped real quick, and the guardians are just there. I mean, they're hovering around five hundred right now. So I'm not expecting much out of them once uh, September October roll around. And then to make matters worse, the friggin' Vegas Golden Knights win in overtime last night, and, and, and Bruce Cassidy is like the former Bruin coach. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> The kids go. Did you watch that game? No, I didn't. We were uh, we were out doing other stuff that I'll be mentioning in the uh, uh, stamp approval, actually. So I missed All that right. one. The, the kid from the Golden Knights literally scored the goal from behind the net. He's behind the net and he throws the puck at the the goalie and hits the back of his leg, and the goalie like swept it into the goal in overtime. You, you got to cover your posts. I mean, that's 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 on the goalie there. No, I know it just it's just not not a good day to be a yeah. uh, Boston sports fan. Well, we have uh, Taylor Swift is in town. He, she's doing three shows at Foxborough, so uh, traffic is at a standstill around yep. Boston and around Foxborough. And if you want to go south of south and southwest of the city, good luck to you, my friend. Sounds like a couple of weeks ago when uh, she came through Arlington, three shows there and. Trying to go to Starbucks on a Sunday morning had every single Swifty in the freaking universe backing up every Starbucks and coffee shop and whatever anywhere in the area. So yeah, we we had to go coffeeless that day. She's she's raking it, and you know what? It is going to be pouring tonight. So I do not want to be one of those, those kind of kids going to the, the concert tonight because it is going to be a a tough take. But you know what? We'll just we'll just hunker down. I, my wife bought me a uh, Bowman uh, 2023 retail box. Oh, nice! So I got 24 packs of Bowmans to open up, and I think that's what I'm going to do tonight. What do you think? Sounds like a pretty good way to spend the night. Yeah, I I, I agree. So how how is your week? It's decent. Uh, did a lot of in person graphing here. You know, I mentioned last week. I said, oh yeah, going to be uh, going out to Frisco here on Sunday and getting the uh, Twins prospects, the Rangers prospects. No, uh, we got rained on real bad. So uh, Aaron and I went to that one and it was raining my entire drive over them thinking this is probably not going to be good. But he said it was staying dry in Frisco there because he'd gotten there a bit earlier than me. And I get there and it's dripping a little bit, nothing major at all. So uh, we go to the batting cage where the uh, Wichita players, the Twins, the double A squad are taking batting practice. And fortunately out there, we were able to get Brooks Lee, who's, you know, number one twins prospect right now. I told so, you, he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's, uh, people were telling me he's a little bit, in, he's gotten to be a little bit inconsistent on where sometimes he'll be, you know, great and he'll sign everything. Other times he'll kind of roll his eyes and be like, yeah, sure, I guess. But uh, yeah, he was good for us and everything. Um, went to the gates, doors opened, and it literally the moment we walked in, it starts pouring rain. So it's like, okay, this is really not good. Took cover for a while, waited around. It kind of let up a little bit. A couple players came out, and then it starts pouring again. So we go back into hiding. Let's up. A couple players come back out again. Pours a third time, and they finally said, yeah, we're calling the game. So we decided, all right, we're going to go out and wait by the bus and see if we can get anybody out there. And, yeah, I got a couple guys like Blaine Enlow signed for us. Um, Alaric Sulery signed for us. So good to get those guys. There's just enough of an overhang to where you can, like, keep your cards under there. They can kind of walk up and sign them. They're protected and all that. I only had one car to get ruined by the rain, so that was nice. And then on Tuesday, I decided, hey, I'm going to take the day off today because the Rangers have, or the uh, Rough Riders have an afternoon game. It was like an 11 o'clock start on it. And so Aaron said, yeah, hey, I'm coming down for this when you want to. I'm like, yeah, I got PTO. I might as well. So did pretty well there. It was uh, Amarillo that came to town. So you're talking the uh, Diamondbacks double A prospects. 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Lawler did not touch a pen the entire time. He said, oh, I'm only signing for the kids there. And then first at bat, he gets hit in the hand by a pitch and gets <laughs> taken out of the game. And I was Karma's way off. a bitch, my friend. Karma's yep. a bitch. Exactly. And on the way off, he said, we're all asking, you know, hey, you can sign. He's like, oh, no, no, my hand, my hand. It's like, dude, if you hadn't gotten hit in the hand, you probably would say kids only or I got you before the game or something like that. So he wasn't in a mood. But fortunately, we did get uh, Davison De Los Santos, who's another top five prospect for the Diamondbacks. Plus uh, AJ Vukovic and uh, Ryan Bliss, who are top 30 guys for them as well. Post game outside went for the uh, Rough Riders and ended up getting top 30 guys, Owen White, Jack Leiter, Dustin Harris, Aaron Zavala, and Antoine Kelly. So overall, yeah, you did good. Very good the second day. You did good. How about anything on eBay? Any eBay pickups? Uh, yeah, actually, just uh, picked up one that I'm going to be sending out here pretty soon. I got the uh, Roger Craig's rookie card there for the 84 top set. So. Okay, nice. Solid TTM or potential future Hall of Famer. He still, you know, keeps on um, getting consideration, it seems. So hoping that eventually he'll get in one time here and I can get that rookie card signed before uh, before he starts charging after as a Hall of Fame member. But yeah, that's about the only thing that I've got coming in there. Um, yeah, going out uh, later today, we've got uh, Fergie Jenkins, the pregame signer at the Rangers game against the Rockies. So I'm hopefully going to Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah, keep the fingers crossed that everything goes well there. And I've got this card here. I've had to hit, sit here for you for a while, so we'll get that done. All right, but hey, uh, I just want to remind everyone about our Wednesday show. We've been doing it for a couple months now. It's we call it TTM Cast One on One. It is uh, about an hour. We we go for about an hour, right, Drew? We have uh, we talk hobby happenings, and we always have an interview. And this past Wednesday, we had Don McNeil, who played uh, for the University of Alabama and uh, the Dolphins for ten years. He was a great guest. And uh, coming up this Wednesday, we have Gil Hodges Jr. Gil Hodges Jr. Uh, of course, his dad uh, was Gil Hodges and just got into the and inducted into the Hall of Fame um, this past year, uh, this past summer. So we talked to him about that, and we also talked to him about his dad, who was in uh, World War II and was a one of one of a bronze medal. He was in the Marines. So uh, with um, Memorial Day coming up, I thought it'd be nice to 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 have a little. Uh, focus on, on our uh, on veterans and and I, I got to talk to Gil Hodges Jr. for the uh, Bob Feller uh, American Valor podcast that, that I've been helping out with and we're going to play that his interview on Wednesday so that, that's that's a fun fun uh, fun interesting interview and hope you'll enjoy that so Gil Hodges Jr. on Wednesday show this Saturday today we have Gordon Welcher who is the collector we we've talked to him uh he has uh, been collecting for 45 years, and he just decided to sell his collection. So we talked to him about what, uh, why he decided to sell his collection, what what factors took uh, into consideration to sell his collection. And I thought it was interesting because that's kind of a lot of stuff that Les and I have been talking about and you and I talk about. So we talked to collector Gordon Welcher today. And also we have Les Wolf does his appraisals and he has all sorts of cool stuff that people have sent in. So I want to thank everyone for sending in stuff. And we're going to talk, Les is going to do some appraisals for us. So stick around for that. Next week we're in Collector's Corner, we have a special collector coming up. So uh, we're going to talk a little Star Wars. We have a Star Wars collector uh, for right. next week. So, you know, if you're interested in being a show, right, you know, on the show, we're always looking for guys that, that are passionate about collecting. And if you want to be on the show, just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we love to interview you for the show. We love to talk to people that are uh, passionate about any collecting. And you don't have to have the $2 million collection or the Babe Ruth autograph. Or, or if there's something that you're really into and you're into uh, indoor soccer, like my friend Drew, we, 
we can we can talk to you about that or if you collect something different you collect uh you know i don't know baseball coins or i don't know pick something that, that, that you're really into that that you'd like to share with, with us uh please send us an email and we will get you on the show and uh, we're always looking for guests for collector's corner well drew we have all our regular segments today of course we do baker's dozen where we're going to cover all of the hobby news from the previous week you mentioned collector's corner where we've got gordon wilcher joining us and les wolf doing his appraisals Following that, we get Making the Grade, covering all things from grading news in the hobby. We've got the stamp of approval, where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to something, anything from the previous week. You never know what it's going to be. We, we've covered just about everything at some point in there. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we cover any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might consider TTMing if they've died, we will let you know about it. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM returns. Well, Drew, we really, uh, we really... Uh... I don't know, hit the dead horse. We we kicked the dead horse the, the last couple of weeks with our email address, right? With all, yep. all our contests and, and stuff. And we're talking about the most powerful email <laughs> address in the hobby. And you know what? Our My mailbox has been full for the last yes. couple of weeks. So guys, uh, all, my, all our listeners out there, I want to thank you. Please, we love to hear from you. We love feedback. We love to uh, see your collectibles. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, so if you want to contact us you want to enter 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 any of our contests if you want to uh get the collects uh ten dollar coupon all the cool stuff all you have to do is send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll do the rest so thank you guys we appreciate it keep those emails coming drew i think we got all our housekeeping done what do we do we should do by baker's does next yeah that sounds pretty good all right let's go to baker's dozen Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Well, before we start talking uh, news of, of the week, Drew, let's let's do a couple things first. We want to uh, thank our friends at Card Cradle, thecardcradle.com. Uh, they gave us four card cradles to give away. These are cool um, things where you kind of you slip your card into a plastic container and then you can put it up on your wall, get it out of the your drawer or your closet it displayed it's really cool you can it holds one touches it holds graded cards it holds uh basically anything anything that that that, that kind of that a card sits in and it's that's why they call it a card cradle and i've got we've got four to give away we're going to send them off to four lucky winners i'll tell you drew i probably had 75 entries for this wow yeah, so a lot of people are really interested. I want to thank our friends at Card Cradle. So the winners, right? The four winners of the Card Cradle are Brian Kidwell. Brian Kidwell is from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Congratulations, Brian. We have Nick Reese from Arlington, Tennessee. Nick Reese, congratulations. You are a Card Cradle winner. And we also have? We also have Sam Kessler of Silver Springs, Maryland, uh, our third winner here. And winner number four, Andrew Williams out of Monroe, Ohio. So congratulations to you guys as well. 
Yeah, and you know what, we Drew, we had so many guys enter this. I'm, I was so pleased. A lot of names I hadn't seen before. A lot of our regular listeners that enter enter our contest. So, guys, congratulations! Thank you for entering. I will. I have the card titles here in 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 my office, and I will get those out in the next uh, couple of days. So, thank you, guys. Thank you for entering. Also, I just want to remember everyone. Our uh, New sponsor, Collects, Collects app. We have a $10 coupon that we are going to be giving away to all, anyone that wants one, $10 to use at, on Collects at their uh, store, their, their marketplace, or at the store, you can get a Collects hat, a sweatshirt, t-shirt, whatever, uh, use it towards that. All you have to do is just send me your name and your email address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And what I'm doing, I'm compiling names. I just sent the first batch of names out uh, the other day. So if you've had already uh, registered to win a $10 coupon from Collects, don't worry about it. All those names, my first batch of names have been sent off to Collects. And I'm going to say probably every every two weeks or so, I'll send off a next batch. And Collects will, will uh, make sure and send you your coupon. Remember, you have to have the Collects app on your uh, phone or or, or uh Android or whatever, you have to have the Collects app to redeem the coupon. That's the only way you're going to be able to do that. So make sure you down, download download the Collects app. It's in the App Store. It's also in, in uh, Google Play. Make sure you put Collects on your phone or, or your app. And uh, you that way, as long as you have the app, you'll be able to get the coupon and redeem it. And Collects will be sending out the first batch of coupons soon. And I'll be sending out another batch of uh, names. So please send me your name and your email address and just put $10 coupon in the title. And I will make sure that, uh, that your name gets over sent off to Collects. All right, Troy, I think we got all our housekeeping done on that end, right? Yep, yep. think so. All right. Nationals coming up. It's uh, in 70 something days now, right? We're we're. 70 i think 72 days or so yeah something like that's a just barely over two months away yeah so we got some signers some signers to let people know about yeah three uh paid signers and two free vip signers added onto the list this week so for the paid ones we've got current nba star jalen green has been added on as well as baseball hall of fame members pedro martinez and ozzy smith if you're among the group with the vip pass jeff i know you're one of those you're going to be getting doug plank formerly of the uh, Chicago Bears. I think he may have actually been the guy that the 46 defense was named after, if I remember right. I could be totally I think wrong so on too. this. But yeah, I think he was the guy. He was, a, was he was a heck of a player. Yeah, he was. I think he was that safety that they brought up there to make, uh, and he wore number 46, hence why I got called the 46 defense. But I think uh, that's uh, his uh, claim to fame, at least. And uh, Ron Kittle will be there as well. I believe the 1983 American League Rookie of the Year winner, somewhere around there, is either 83 yep. or 84. So yeah, those yeah, two played- guys have been added on as well. He played for the White Sox. He played for the Yankees. And mm-hmm. I think he played for one on the team, but I can't remember. The Indians and the Orioles. Indians, yep. there you go. So when he's at, he's actually been a pretty good signer through the through the mail. I think there is one card that he won't sign, right, Drew? He requires a $25 fee for his uh, tops, his 84 tops rookie card. But other than that, yeah, he signs everything else free. Very cool. Hey, we got a lot of new releases uh, to let you guys know about this week. The 2022-23 Bowman University Inception. It's uh, seven cards. You get two autos or relic. Uh, Hobby box goes for about 200 bucks. That's 2022-23 Bowman University Inception going for about $200. Got the 2022-23 Panini Crown Royale basketball set is out now as well. You're going to see eight cards with one autograph, one memorabilia per box. 350 to $400 is the current uh, going rate on those. 
This is one where you're going to have to take out a loan, guys. This is the 2021-22. That's right, 2021-22 Panini Flawless Basketball. You get one pack, nine autos of memorabilia, one base card numbered to 20 or less. And guess what? It's going for between $10,500 and $12,000. So, uh, you know what? Good luck to Panini, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a product for the breakers out there. It seems like in a high-end breakers at that. I've got a Bowman Sapphire Baseball is, uh, well, it, it was out on the Topps website. They did a, a Dutch auction sale on it, and it is already sold out there. But you can find the boxes up on eBay already for those who have uh, bought them straight from Topps. But out of there, you're going to see one Chrome Prospect autograph, three Sapphire parallels across eight packs with four cards per pack. So sounds some pretty cool stuff in there at least. But uh, yeah, sold out on the Topps website, but check eBay and see what you can find there. Yeah, and I, I heard that production was half of what la there was last year. So there is some scarcity out there. And I think that got a lot of people uh, hyped up. And I think bidding started at about $750 for one of these, these boxes. And I'm not sure how low it actually got, but they sold out fairly quickly. Yeah, jeez. So I Dutch Dutch auctions are not uh, a friend of the hobby. I don't think, Drew. Would you agree? Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird way to do it. And I mean, there's a lot of things that seem to happen in the hobby like that. That I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is gonna be great or not. But well, it it worked for tops apparently. <laughs> no, I know. I get you know. I guess scarcity creates demand, which creates high prices, which creates money for everybody. But as a, uh, for collectors, I don't think it's the greatest thing. Right. Right. So we'll see. Well, guys, that uh, wraps up Baker's dozen for the week. Uh, and Drew, we had the, the we're going to go right into more from less. And uh... and now it's time for more from less with hobby legend Les Wolf. Have you created your sports cards with CSG yet? There's no better time than now. Every authenticated sports card arrives in the hobby's best holder. CSG is known for their expertise, integrity, and world-class service. Get your sports cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Les, Les Wolf does this does appraisals for us. We've been this is our second month that we've done this, and uh, I got I think I got either ten or eleven items this time. And some of the nice. things that I that we appraised are phenomenal, including um, a Babe Ruth autograph, which was Ooh. just fabulous. Bunch of baseballs, a lot of cool memorabilia. This one home plate that, that one of our, our listeners had that was uh, autographed by 70 players, and most of them were Hall of Famers. And when I say, uh, you know, it was uh, Mantle and um, Joe DiMaggio and just you name it on this home plate that was gorgeous. So Les, Les uh, takes a look at it and just can keep in mind that this is Les's um, opinion and it's not a, a, an appraisal that he, you can put in, put in a pen and, and just get, it gives you an idea of, of what your item might be worth. And, you know, we take, Les has been doing this forever and, and he knows, so they're, they're good numbers. And he, he was really impressed by all the stuff that people sent in. So uh, please enjoy our segment more from Les and Les does a, a bunch of appraisals and it's, it's really uh, cool. If you did, 
get something appraised and you have a, another question for Les or you want to send something in to appraise for, for our June one of our June episodes, you can just send me an, a question or an email to ptmcast at yahoo.com. And, and we can follow up from this. So please enjoy uh, our appraisals with Les Wolf. All right, guys. I want first. I want to thank everyone. We had tons of listeners send out, uh, send in items for Les to do an appraisal, and it's not really an official appraisal. It's just kind of giving his opinion on items. Um, guys, in the future, if you do send in stuff, please just send in one or two items because it, you know we have limited time to do this with Les, and uh, you'll you'll see that some guys sent in multiple items so what, what what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'll kind of give a description of, of the items and and les can give his opinion this is all right remember this is not an official appraisal right this is just oh yeah the the autograph looks good it might be worth a hundred dollars or fifty dollars and uh just to give you a ballpark of what what your items are worth and we really love seeing some cool things we got a we got a babe ruth autograph we got a william mays baseball we're going to talk about we got a, a home plate autograph by 70 or so hall of famers it's a lot of cool stuff so i want to thank everyone for submitting and i say hello less hey jeff also Let people send in you try to send in what you feel is your best or your, the thing you like the most instead of just sending in random signed cards right yeah i mean it's as it, you know we love uh the offbeat, right? Less not the sun, not something that everyone has. That, that right? You know, you if you have a a, a Joe Montana signed TTM card, well, you know, this there's, there's thousands of those out there, so you can really find the the price of the value of a Joe Montana TTM card. But like the guy that sent in the home plate signed by seventy Hall of Famers, that's that's something different that you might not uh, be able to have a, a like item, right, Les? Absolutely. All right, guys, so I want to thank everyone. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, give the description because we are on radio here or we're, we're, we don't have any visuals, but I'm going to try to give the description best I can. Uh, I'll give the listener's name and then Les is going to give his opinion. So we were just mentioning um, Aaron, Aaron Handy sent in a bunch of cards that were signed by um, either TTM or purchases and he, he anywhere from um, Jerry Jones and Roger Starbuck and Joe Montana to uh, Len Dawson, who's no longer with us, and Dwight Clark, who's no longer with us. Les, do you want to just give a, a, your opinion on a couple of them or do you want to just give it uh, an opinion on the whole lot? Well, let, let's let's start from the top. You have to scroll. You have the you have the key. I don't have the. Yep. Uh, OK, the Okay, so I'm going to scroll down. We're going to get our first couple cards are, um, I don't, Tyler Boyd. I never heard of him. Yeah, I don't know him. I don't know, know him either. So we'll pass on him, okay? Because I don't, I'm not sure who he is. We have a nice uh, pro set, Thurman Thomas. 10, 20 bucks. Okay. On a good day. Yeah. Uh, we have a Dar David Boston, who was a wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals back in the day. 10 bucks and i'm being generous <laughs> yeah i would think so i would think so, five ten dollars we have a couple uh lawrence taylor cards a sky box card and i'm not sure what the other one is maybe a flare card I don't, those I don't look really, kind of weird do you like do you like those signatures i don't know taylor taylor is kind of um kind of small he doesn't usually sign that small i don't know I don't know. When I looked at it, just my initial thing was like, I'm not sure if that's a real Lawrence Taylor uh, signature. I don't know about that Brett Favre either. 
Brett Favre. That's that. Uh, I know Brett Favre does TTM, but uh, again, I'm not sure. Uh, most of the cards that were sent in are not um, your typical tops or, or flare cards, and they're kind of like special cards, right? Less so. It's yeah. So you know, most most people, if you're going to collect cards signed, most people usually collect a set, or what a lot of people like to do is like get rookie cards. Right. And these, are, you know, these are just generic cards that someone had. Like that Al Carmichael is part of a set. So maybe the person's working on that set. So in a, in a set, you know, we get like 50, 60, 100 of them. They're more valuable. Ricky Williams yeah. and Earl Campbell, those are two Heisman Trophy winners. Ricky signs everything, 10 bucks, 20 bucks maybe for the Campbell. And yeah, so the Ricky Williams is a tops total card. The Earl Campbell is an upper deck. But again, these are kind of special cards. They look like they're not part of the sets. Maybe the top total one is, but I don't think that upper deck is a regular card. I, from think, that's, I think that's part of a set. Okay. Then we have a Hall of Fame Panini Jerry Jones card. Jerry and, Jones is and a business card. He answers his mail fairly regularly. Yeah. 10, 20 bucks. Uh, Jay Novacek, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, a collector's I, choice I, card. Five ten bucks. Yeah, uh, pro Starbuck. set Roger Starbuck. Got back thirty to fifty bucks. That looks like a nice one. Yeah, I agree. And that is part of the Super Bowl set. Yeah, uh, we have a Todd Christensen uh, tops record breaker card, eighty-seven tops record breaker card. Five bucks, maybe Tim Brown, ten bucks. Tim Brown card. I don't even know what type of card that is, but we got a couple of. Um, we have a flare, uh, a flare Joe Montana, and uh, that's an 82, uh, 81, I think. Dwight Clark. Clark looks a little weird as if, as if you know, it, it's kind of sloppy for him. Um, yeah, he was, he was sick, though, right? Didn't he get yeah, sick near the end? Yeah, I would say 20 to 50 bucks, you know, would be a guesstimate on that. The Montana, the J looks a little weird, but the, the Mo, I always call Montana's autograph J Mo. Um, <laughs> I would say that's 40, 50 bucks on a good day. And then lastly, we have Lynn, Lynn Dawson, who just passed away on, I don't even know what kind of card that is. He did, he did two of them. There's a Donruss and a, another, and again, another card that I don't, don't know about. And he has a pro set card. Uh, the one with the Hall of Fame, I think, is probably worth the most, right? Yeah, because he added that to it. I would say 30, 40 bucks. 30 bucks for each card or the, each the three card, of them? Each card, yeah. Okay. And then we have a Terry Star, uh, Terry uh Bradshaw pro set super bowl card but the the sharpie kind of beat up a little on it yeah i would say 20 30 bucks maybe and then finally we have joey porter who he, he passed away right isn't he around? i don't know isn't he around his son's not sure. drafted. He, he's in he's in uh he'd signed in pen with his number so i, I like that gary anderson kicker for the um steelers Five, 10 bucks for gary anderson 10 yeah. 20 bucks for porter Hardy Nickerson and Carnell Lake. So these again, if you're five, ten bucks if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, it's really the cards, I think Les would agree. You if you're gonna do cards, uh really you want to do tops for one, you want to do rookie cards, right? And you want to you want to do um cards that are you know, if people are collecting sets. So if you have a Kali Stromsky 19. 67 card that might be worth a little more than a, a 66 or a 68 card right right so I mean, you know we, you want to pick like mvp year or, or a year that, that they throw the right for a no hitter or i mean if you know if you're gonna collect uh, you know if you're collecting pittsburgh steelers you want one of every different 
team, you know, different year that they played, maybe do, you know, do, do those two. So, th- you know, thank you again. If you guys, if, if you send in just one or two items, it makes uh, everyone's life a lot easier. Uh, but, you know, we appreciate that one. Now we have, um, we have a home plate that is signed by 70, 70 players, 66 in the, 66 in the hall of fame and included is Rose, Cle- uh, Roger Clemens and Lou- Negro leaguers, Lou Dias and Ted double duty. Lou Dials is in the hall of fame. He is in the hall of fame. Okay. I don't think Radcliffe is. Um, that's an interesting piece. Um, so this was he had uh, Joe DiMaggio was on on it. Um, it's got Robert Taylor had sent it in. It is really it's a really cool home home plate. When you when you look at it, you can see Stan Musial, Mickey Mantle's on it. Um, I'm just Steve Carlton. I see Johnny Mize, Robin Roberts, Tony Gwynn. I don't Pete see Ernie Banks. Do you? I'm sorry. You see the DiMaggio? I don't see it. That's what I'm looking for. I see uh, Tommy Lasorda, Gaylord Perry. At least I'll give him credit. At least he was smart not to get Willie Mays on because Mays would have signed all over people. <laughs> yeah, I see Whitey Ford. I see Bob Lemon, Brooks Robinson, Monty Irvin, Earl Weaver, Don Sutton. Kirby Pye. I don't see Rick DiMaggio. Farrell, Bob Feller. I just, I don't. I don't see DiMaggio, do you? I don't. Sparky Anderson, I see. Eddie Murray, Warren Spahn, Reggie Jackson. It's a nice piece. Hoyt Wilhelm, you know, Slaughter. I would say easily a couple of thousand dollars. You know, if you put it into the right auction, you may even get more. You would you put this in a piece. would you put this in a frame and, and I see Frank Robinson? Would you put this into some type of frame? Absolutely. But you can already see like the Lou Brock. The Carlton Fist, the Bob Feller. He used black Sharpie on it, and it's already fading into the rubber. The The problem with something like this is it, it requires a tremendous amount of work that he, I'm sure this took him quite a few years to to do this, and you never really get what it, what it should really go for. Right, because it's, it's overwhelming, right? It's like if you have a, a bat signed by, you know, 40 Hall of Famers, they kind of all... Oh, now I see the DiMaggio. It's down by the bench. It's all the way on the bottom. Oh yeah, I see. Okay, I see bench. On t- on these oh bench. yeah, yeah, I see Dimaggio to Joe Morgan. I would, I, say, I would say a couple of thousand dollars fairly easily, but you got to find two two people that want to bid against each other on something like this. A unique piece, nice, but it, it will be a tough sell. And you, five, ten years from now, you may see even more of the autographs fading more because of the pen that was used. You already see the Leon Day. Yeah, Leon Day is. Yeah, you. These kind of things, you always got to use the right pen on the right uh, item to make sure it doesn't fade and doesn't get worse. And, but this is still a, a nice display item, you know, uh, for anybody that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd, it'd be nice to put in an office someplace, right? Oh, definitely out of the sunlight, of course. Yeah, yeah, nice piece. Thank you, Robert, sending that in. Okay, we have. Let's see what do we got here. We have a. This is from from Mark Vincent uh, Vincelat. He has a. Oh, this is a watch, right? This is the. Uh, yes, this is the watch. Uh, it's a. Well, uh, he had a question on it. Uh, what was his question? So it's a 1943 NFL uh, Stegos Greasy Neal, who I don't know. Who, I don't he's know a, him. He's a, he's a football Hall of Famer. Okay, so he. he he's, a, he's actually a valuable autograph. 
it's a stopwatch, but it's not autographed. Okay. Um, what was his question? That's why I was getting it. I acquired the piece below a few years ago. The front of the watch says 1943 Sangles Greasy Neal. Sangles was a com combination of uh, the Steelers and Eagles players for two years during the war. Neal is a Hall of Fame coach for the Eagles for several years. What I'm wondering is whether it's safe to assume that this was Neal's actual watch. I just can't imagine why they would make a product like this for or a commercial use unless it was used especially uh, at the time. I'm curious who I could send this to authenticate and try to photo match it. Well, as far as photo matching it, you know, there's a photo match company. The name of the company is photo match. Um, I, I would, and of course, the person he got it from, I would contact uh, Mark. I would call up whoever you bought it from, ask him how he got it. Then hopefully the person that he got it from, ask him how he got it and follow the trail to find out. Um, also, I would probably contact the Steelers, somebody that's a Steeler historian or an Eagle historian. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I, I, I kind of think that that Neil may have made this himself. And also, you're not showing us. Do we have the back of the? Uh, I only, you know, I only grabbed one photo of it. There, there are were a couple other ones, but I just I grabbed the front of it. Says on the back if it says anything on the back. Remember, I don't think it did, Les. Okay, but you remember on these kind of things, they're really cool and neat. But the whole thing is the provenance. So I don't know what mark you pay for this, but you know you need the pro the proper provenance because I could have I could have a Super Bowl ring and told you you know that. Uh, Tom Brady wore it, but it doesn't have any provenance. So, you know, you can't, it, it, you can't sell it. Right. And maybe there, there has to be somebody, there's, there has to be like a Steagles expert out there, right? Somebody that that's what they collect. Exactly. So I would go for them. So it is a neat item. And I know it has, um, and, you know, it has multiple potential um, places to sell, right? Because it's people that collect time pieces and watches it's people that collect these steagel stuff there's people that collect um hall of fame stuff so there is some, i think there's some value there even if it, it's not you know even if it was a commercial piece mm -hmm. yes and, and people collect because he's a hall of famer also all right next one we got is from brian kidwell brian sent in the tops archive is a um um one of one ryan sandberg card um, fairly recent. Um, what you know? What do you think those are? Because Ryan Sandberg signs everything, right? You know, send him five bucks, ten bucks, he'll sign everything. The one of one thing. I mean, I see these crazy numbers that people try to get, and these companies get for these one of one cards. So it's the, the numbers are all over the board. If you look at the the, the sharpie on this, it was a dried out blue sharpie. So it, you know, you, you can't get the autograph graded because it's not going to grade high. Um, I would say 50 bucks, 100 bucks, maybe 200 bucks if you find someone who really wants it. Yeah, but I mean, I think people think these, if it's one of one, even if it's some Jamoke player, they think it's worth thousands of dollars. And I just don't, I, I think there's more one of ones out there than, than we, we should have, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's just a great marketing tool to, to, to jump up prices on memorabilia. Like like we've spoken before, like the Luka Doncic one of one card that went for four point two million dollars. Like I said before, if he were to get hurt, his that four point two million dollars will make it worth four forty dollars maybe. So you got to be careful with that stuff. You know, yeah, you I agree. I mean, you know, you, 
Sandberg signs everything. So you you yeah. know for $10 you can get a Sandberg autograph. Um I think it's I think it's more valuable as a collector's piece than than a um than to try to to sell it or flip it. Would you agree? Yes. Definitely. Now this next piece Chris, this is an amazing piece. Yeah, we got this from Chris Bella. Chris is a regular listener. He sent in a um but Babe Ruth signed index card. It has been uh the signature got graded at a 9 from PSA. He says it could be a 10. I think it's a really beautiful looking uh, piece, right, Les? This is, I, I can see why it's a nine. If you look at the top of, top part of the R, you know, the, excuse me, of the, of the B and the R a little, the autograph isn't, isn't complete. I would not resubmit this because you may even get less than a nine. I would so say five, five to $7,000 is a fairly decent, number on it um i don't know what you have into it but over the last five years the prices of cuts and index cards of hall of famers has incredibly gone up especially ruth and garrick and this is a great example this is something you build a collection around or you know if you want to you know sell this and upgrade to assign baseball but you're not gonna it's hard it'll be hard to upgrade from this this is just a beautiful autograph by far one of the nicest things i've seen in a long time uh if you need any more items like this let me know i can help you build that collection up from this but this is just a great piece so what we're looking at guys is a, it's an index card uh babe ruth that got psa dna certified the autograph got graded at a nine uh by psa and as les said the the autograph is beautiful you know you can see every letter it was it looks like babe took took some time to sign this right it wasn't just a rush rush sign yeah, plus it's psa dna encapsulated which always helps items um one thing about babe ruth you very very rarely see a sloppy autograph on babe ruth really yeah think about it yeah i mean the ones you see because maybe you know what he he signed so many things right and i maybe just that was his thing well, he was like the Bob Fellow of, of those days. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so that that's a, a cool item. Thank you for submitting that. We have um, a signed uh, Red Sox baseball from this came in from Steve Katsoulis. He's another one of our regular listeners. And, um, I, you know, the, the autographs are kind of in terms of quality. The Yaz is, is in a blue, light blue Sharpie, right? The other most of the other autographs are very light. It doesn't appear to be to be a major league baseball. Yeah. Um, the wrong pen was used on it. Not that you had any choice. Um, hundred, maybe two hundred bucks would be be would be very generous on it. You'd have yeah, to I mean, the Carl Fisk is very light. A lot of the signatures are, are very light. But there's a black ballpoint as opposed to a, a blue blue bic uh, extra fine point pen. So the wrong pen was used. And you know what I think? You know that looks like it was it was something that they got in the seventies, right? It looks like a seventies ball. And yeah, you know people, you know back in back in the day, they weren't thinking about that, right? Exactly. Mark, right, this Cheech and Chong. It's an interesting piece. Uh, rolling papers. Um, so I mean, what we have here, guys, is a Cheech and Chong signed rolling papers by, with the GSA uh, authentication. Um, it is uh, submitted by Mark Lee. Mark E, I'm sorry. Um, he had, I think he invested about $150 in it less. 
Um, Remember, people, when you're paying to get autographs, don't expect to always make a profit on it because sometimes their autographs go down, sometimes they go up. I mean, this is a neat piece. Uh, scroll down a little more. I yeah, really I mean, it has it has a, a wide um, market, right? Because it's not just Cheech and Chong fans. It's now, now if if I were the person that got that signed. I, I don't like the positioning of the autographs on either one of these. I know because it's all over on text, so you, it's kind of yeah. the scroll back up a little, please. Yep. Um, I would have maybe have gotten them the sign on that sun, that little sun there, or maybe on the hat. Yeah, on the there yeah. it's included. There's there's the rolling papers and there's a poster. So um, for the the rolling papers, it's. I don't know it's a it's a neat it's a neat piece. I think Cheech and Chung are both still with us, I believe, and I think they still yeah. sign, right? They don't sell that well. Um, I would say if you got back your money, you'd be lucky. I'm sorry, because the way the autographs are, they're signed in a terrible spot, very hard to read. And if you if you look at it quickly, you don't can't even tell it's signed. Right. I mean, it's a nice piece. It's a nice. I think visually, it's a nice piece. It's very colorful. Um, but I think I would have, I would have had, I, I would have had him sign the poster. Yeah, in a different spot on the poster, I would agree. Yeah, but it's still an interesting piece, and you know, guys, it's not just sports stuff. There's celebrity stuff out there, and um, you know, I think what you want to do is you want to make sure you, that when you do get it signed, you you pick out the, where the the spot is, so it's the the best place, most advantageous place for the autograph, and make sure that the autograph's legible because. You know, these guys, their autographs aren't that great. Would you agree? Less yes, than not? The, the main thing when you're getting anything signed, a poster, a book, whatever thing, you want to be able to see the autograph. So the main thing you want to do is basically get it in an area that can be seen, not in, in a dark, you know, you know, cluttered area. All right, this is a 1982. Yeah, uh, it's not 1982 leaders cards. It looked like something special that Tops might have must have put out, right? Looks like just a small little uncut sheet of like nine. Yeah. So the guys that signed it were Willie. Uh, this is from Andrew Williams, another one of our great listeners, signed by Willie Wilson, Reggie Jackson, Gorman Thomas, Al Oliver, Steve Carlton, Dave Kingman, and Bruce Suter. Bruce Suter obviously is no longer with us. The other guys are all guys that signed. Red regularly, right? Yeah. Willie Wilson signs for the mail. Thomas signs for the mail. Al Oliver signs for the mail. Steve Carlton signs for forty bucks, and Dave Kingman signs for the mail. Mm -hmm. so, I would say you're probably in the hundred to two hundred dollar range because you yeah. never you're never going to complete it because Quisenberry passed away. It passed away, and Lamar Hoyt passed Lamar away Hoyt as well. Well, yeah. So I mean, it's a nice piece, and I think it, it's uh, it'd be I think it'd be nice. It looked nice framed, right? It's a as, it, yeah. as Les said, it's an uncut sheet of all the leaders from 1982 tops put this out. Um, you know, it must it's almost like it's a, um, a a bottom of a box, right? But I don't think it is. No, it's not a bottom of a box. Yeah, well, it it got it's authenticated by Beckett, so I mean, there's a lot that has a lot lots of nice things to it. So, what do you say, a couple hundred dollars for that? Yeah. All right, then we have from, let's see, what do we get here? This is from Mac K, and this is an autograph ball. Okay, this is a Willie Mays autograph ball, which 
I cried when I saw it. <laughs> what it's a very light order. Yeah, you can't but... see it. It's so light. It's just the, the you know it, it, bucks, it, but you need to get it authenticated. Um, if I were if I were you, I would try to sell this as soon as you can because I think that autograph will be leaving us fairly soon because it's just so light. Yeah, and this is good. Goes back to what Les always talks about: make sure you pick the right pen, right, and you protect your the autograph. Put the ball in the in you know keep it out of the sunlight, and if you want to keep it in the wrapping, and or put it in one of those ball protectors, and you got to make sure you use the right pen, right, Les? The right pen. And you got to take care of it. You got to protect and preserve it, like I always say. So it's it, it, it it's it's okay, but I I think you'll have a tough time. You'd have a tough time selling it. Would you agree? Absolutely. All right. Last one we got here. A couple more we have from uh, Bill Haley. Bill, Bill Haley has a 1966 Baltimore Spring Training program signed by uh, Lee McPhail, and I can't see who else is there. I only see Larry McPhail. Larry McPhail, I mean. That's a Orioles couple Orioles versus Yankees spring training program. That's a couple um, hundred dollars. It's really just a cut. Yeah. That's a sloppy one, too. Yeah. And you need to get that authenticated. Contact JSA. Let them write you a letter. That'll help you. Right. And that, and that goes down to when this was taken, right? This was from 1966, and people weren't really thinking about all that stuff. Right. Right. And it looks like some kid, you know, some, it was some kid got it at, at a spring training game <laughs> and wrote on the program. And, you know, it's a it's a cool little conversation piece. And, you know, like Les says, get it authenticated, uh, you know, put it put it in a, a frame or, or get in plastic and, you know, protect it the best you can. Right. Absolutely. All right. And the last one from is from Dave Snyder. Dave Snyder, um, a good listener of ours, he uh, is trying to collect every autograph from any anyone that's ever played with the Buffalo Sabres. So it's no surprise that he has a Buffalo Sabres autograph program from a bunch of people. Now, Les, Les and I are not experts in Buffalo Sabres programs like you are, Dave. Uh, and there might be an autograph on here that we don't know. Maybe somebody that's only signed one or two things, right? We we can't well, tell. You mentioned, you mentioned in the description. I don't see. I, I don't see where it is. He says there's a Tim Horton in there. Tim Horton's a very good autograph. Okay. You know, obviously he's Tim Horton's from the restaurants, the donuts, uh, coffee yeah. shops. Yeah, I'm looking. Tim Horton, Tim Horton, Rick Martin, who's no longer with us. Um, Randy uh, Weitraub, Norm Grafton, Mike Robitaille. So I would say, I would say because Tim Horton is is pretty collectible, and Rick Martin is part of the uh, the French the, connection. Uh, the, yeah, the French connection. I would say a couple hundred bucks, three four hundred bucks, fairly easily. Yeah, and obviously for uh, um, Dave is up in Buffalo, so obviously oh, there's Tim Horton right there. See Tim Horton on it's up upside down or less. It's right here. Oh, okay. You see it? Yeah. Rick Martin's right here, and then to the left right of it, it is yeah. Tim Horton. I mean, that's the Tim Horton is the best autograph on it, but unfortunately, it intersects the Rick Martin, so it kind of hurts. It's kind of hurt, you know. Your two best autographs are like crossing through each other. But I think it's a nice display piece. Oh yeah, nicely framed. You know, it's a nice item. Couple to weigh about three, four hundred dollars. Yeah, and that'd probably be fairly easily because 
like I said, Tim Horton is very, uh, very collectible autograph. Yeah, and he's it's it's been JSA um, authenticated, so it does have all the the necessary paperwork for it. And I would think it'd be, I think he he wouldn't have too uh, difficult a time selling it. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely not. He would be easy to sell. So I think what we learned, guys, is protect your your uh, items. Right, make sure that if you use if you're signing baseballs, make sure you have a baseball signed by the uh, with the right pen. Right. Um, get it get some get it authenticated because it adds to the value um cards make sure you try to pick their their uh, rookie cards or cards in a in a year where it's uh, um, special to them um tops is always more uh important and more valuable i think than than anything else uh, in uh i don't know what else less you know they keep stuff out of the sunlight right um <clears throat> The the Babe Ruth, believe it or not, I asked this question. PSA doesn't the the holders are nice. I really like the PSA holders, but they don't protect you from the sun or the light. So you got to make sure you take that out of the sun or the light. Right. Um, and the Buffalo Saber program, make sure it's an acid free non glare glass, acid free mat, so it doesn't ruin it. And make sure, most important, when you're having stuff framed, make sure you tell the framer don't tape your item into the thing. Or if he is, he's used. You let him, let him maybe put some plastic, you know, corners like you see stamps that you put into the stamp book. Put those plastic corners in there, and then tape those corners, not to touch the actual item. That Babe Ruth piece is just beautiful. Yep. Thank, thank you, thank you guys. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Chris. We're talking to you, my friend. The Babe Ruth piece gets get, gets the win, so it's a really it's a really nice piece, guys. I want to thank everyone to submitting something. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll probably do another one in June. Um, but it's I love we love seeing this stuff and you know it's remember if if it, it you know send out send us the the unique items or the things that are special to you and uh, we can certainly give you an opinion and when you know, be careful when you if you're purchasing stuff especially baseballs make sure that the it, it's with the right pen and um, that, that they're not faded because as soon as these things start fading it, they just lose their appeal because think about it if you're par- you're purchasing. A baseball that's faded, you're just not going to want to purchase it, right? So, in the first questions <clears throat> people ask me when they're coming by to look at, like I have over 500 signed baseballs, is why is this one more money than the other? And I say simply, look at the autographs. Yeah, it's all all goes down to condition. Just remember that. Well, Les, thank you very much. Anything else you want to talk about today? I think we should we should touch a little bit about, you know, you know how we're spending our money on the collect on the collection we're building. Um, you need to make more of a plan of what you want to collect, or what, you know, what you like and what you want to decide to really sink your money into. Um, for example, I started out as a kid getting Mickey Mantle cards signed. Everybody said, oh, you're ruining the cards. Heritage just had a sale and I was bidding in the auction. I'm going, holy cow, the numbers for the Mantle signed cards just went through the roof. Did you win yeah. any? No, I didn't win anything. Oh, that's too uh, bad. I would have liked to have won some, but <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, just kind of um, pick and choose. But you know, you can't collect everything, right? We talked about that last week. You have to be targeted in what you're doing. Well, that's the. I think that's the biggest 
the biggest problem with collectors now is not having focus. When you go in to play a baseball game, you know, like Aaron Judge was moving his eyes around the other day, you know, because he was getting annoyed at the guys in the dugout making noise. But if you notice, last night he was completely focused. He hit that monster home run. He's completely focused. But that by the same mindset, you want to target yourself to be focused on what you want to collect. And like, yeah, because there's so there's so much stuff out there, and you 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 what you're gonna do is you're just gonna have a room full of stuff and not know what to do with it because it doesn't it, it it's all over the place. And especially when you want to go sell your collection, and you got a lot of crap really or i would or i would say uh you know no not not big names in there it's going to make it more difficult for you to make me you know to sell that stuff i mean i personally when i buy a collection i don't do what a lot of other dealers do is cherry pick if you have let's say 500 items that are like not very valuable but you have about 50 items that are i'm going to focus in on those 50 items and then i'll give an overall price for the other 500 I wouldn't just take the 50 good ones and leave you the 500 bad ones. Right. And people are, I think some people are afraid of that when they're selling that collection, that someone's just going to come in and cherry pick their stuff and leave, leave you with a bunch of stuff that's not worth anything. You know, I find a lot of times people do do that. I mean, I went with a friend looking at a card collection the other day, and the guy had like a Schmidt rookie, but was in great condition, a 56 Aaron card, not in great condition. We made him a very fair offer. He says, let me think about it. I said, okay, fine. You know, usually when somebody tells me that, he's basically saying, hey, Les, I don't know if I really want to sell it. That's okay, fine. Right. Not a problem. I mean, he maybe had a couple hundred cards. He had had magic cards. He had a bunch of rookie cards. But the basketball rookies, he didn't have the key one, the magic bird, like the real good ones. Guy didn't have it, and he didn't take care of them, even back then. So the, if there's only one thing you get out of this, you know, Jeff and I talking today, just get more of a focus. Just think focus. Just think about when you're playing when you're playing a sport, you you you're focusing on trying to score a basket, get a hit, score a goal, you know, you know, get you know, get the, you know, get a hole in one. You want to stay focused on what you want to do. Because without a focus, you're haphazard and your collection is gonna look like that. It's <clears throat> it's what I call, it's kind of funny. I call the collections like that, like a mishmash. Yeah. You make you go say, well, I spent X amount of dollars to get those 500 autographs. I say, yeah, but I'm not going to be able to sell them. They're not going to be the easiest thing to move. So, you know, you want to, you want to really stay, stay that, you know, you know, write down what you want to do and, and really focus in on, on what you want to collect and, and stay in that focus. Because once you waver, a, a, another dealer told me a long time ago <clears throat> when I was saying, you know, I said, you know, I'm still a collector. And he said to me, he says, Les, you got to put that Chinese wall up. What you collect and what you, what, you, what you sell. If you go over that wall and start taking stuff that you're collecting and start keeping more of that, you're never going to make money in the business. And he was absolutely right. And the same token goes, same goes for a collection. If I have Roger Staubach and Joel Montana, Lenny Dawson, Terry Bradshaw, and then I have Dwight Clark, why do I want Dwight Clark? Let me let me focus in on getting all the top quarterbacks of that era. And then 
once you get all this, the, the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and keep on going back, then you've built up a pretty interesting collection. And the guy right. with the home, the guy with the home plate, you know, I'm sure, you know, he didn't decide one day that all I want to do is get like 70 guys on here. He just went to try to get as many guys on there and he built up a nice home plate. That in yeah. and that particular instance, it's a nice, interesting piece. But like I said, because the autographs are starting to fade now, look at it in the long range, you know, goal with it, 10, 20 years, how many of those autographs are going to fade even further and get worse? And there's really nothing you can do to keep them from fading, right? What you can do <clears throat> is put them properly frame them. You know, that that's a key. People don't realize it. The framing has a lot to do with how you take care of the item and keeping it out of the sunlight, proper lighting, proper temperature. All that has, a, has an adverse effect on, on your collection. And, yep. and, and people that have large collections, you know, you got to try to go through the items on a fairly regular basis because one day you may have a little dampness in the air or moisture that could ruin an item and you hadn't looked at it in a long time and that's going to ruin the item. Yeah, you just have to you just have to be careful. And really, it's from the day day one when you get that item signed, you have to make sure it's signed by with the proper pen and signed in the proper location and then take care of it from there. And another thing <clears throat> that I've noticed all through the years is getting silver or gold. Those markers on eight by tens and you put them in those plastic sheets and a loose leaf. Those autographs are going to fade off onto those sheets. Yeah. Because the temperature is going to fluctuate unless you have it steady at you know sixty eight to seventy two. Yeah, so you got to be careful on that also. Though they look they look good when they go down. They <laughs> they kind of are susceptible to the mother nature, right? And the elements. Yeah. I mean, I, I myself have lost you know some decent autographs that came off on the plastic sheets. And I think I mentioned a number of years back I bought a collection in Connecticut. This guy had a phenomenal collection. But the problem was he smoked. He didn't have air conditioning. He lived like the fifth floor of a seven-story building. And he had no air conditioning and he smoked. And the apartment was, you know, I, I could have had I could have put eggs on the floor and had them done, you know, they would have been yeah, been fried eggs on the floor. <laughs> it was so hot in there. And I said to him, let's say his name was Jeff. I said, Jeff, you know, I'm gonna pay you X amount of dollars, but if you would have taken care of this, I could have paid you a Y amount of dollars. I mean, he had Hall of Fame plaque cards. That literally was stuck to the plastic sheets that was stuck together. The baseballs. I mean, it was just, I mean, that, stuff like that is what made me copyright my class, collect, invest, protect, and preserve. Uh, and it was just crazy how bad he took care of his stuff. Yeah. It, it, you just got to make sure that it's everything, all the conditions are proper for to protect your stuff. That's very important. All right, buddy, Les, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. I love getting the opinions. I love guys sending stuff in. It was really, we had a, we had a lot of different things, which was nice, huh? We had a, we, you know, we covered a, lot, a couple of different sports here. And it was, it was it pretty, it was really nice. And we saw some great items that, like that Babe Ruth is just a screamer. That Hall of Fame plate is gorgeous. The Tim Horton program, you don't see that too often. Yeah, I was gonna say I love I love getting hockey stuff. So that's kind of that was kind of cool. Dave, thank you for sending that in. All right, guys, Les, we will talk to you next week about everything that's going on in the hobby. And then uh, hopefully my Celtics will be up like three games to two or something. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish you luck. Uh you never know. 
You never know. All right, buddy. I will, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. I really appreciate your time right. and your input uh, input yeah, on these things. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Drew, I'm amazed at how much cool stuff our listeners have, and it was just great. We had we got a, a lot of stuff, and Les was so happy to see all this stuff coming in. And, um, you know, it's stuff that – it's not that, you know, just uh, one TTM card or something. It's all this kind of cool memorabilia. So uh, thank you for sending your stuff in. And, again, we're going to be doing another one in June. So if we didn't get to you in, in May, we will uh, certainly get one uh, – Get you in June. Les loves doing the appraisal show. Well, that closes out more from Les. And I think Drew will go right into Collector's Corner, okay? Sounds good. All right. We have uh, Collector's Corner with Gordon Wilcher. Gordon has uh, been collecting TTMs for 45 years, and he decided to finally sell off his collection. We talked to Gordon about what the factors that came into play to sell off his collection and uh, one of them is kind of heartbreaking. So uh, please enjoy my interview uh, with Gordon Wilcher and Collector's Corner. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. Sponsored by Collects, the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collects, C-O-L-L-X. There you go. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. I'd like to welcome to the show a TTM collector. He's been collecting autographs and cards for over 45 years. His name is Gordon Wilcher. And Gordon is going through um, what we've been talking about. His time is when when is time to... Uh, get rid of your collection, unload your collection, and he's been collecting for so long, and, and I, I thought it would be great. I started going posted on one of our groups that he's starting to sell his collection, so I thought it'd be great to talk to somebody that's been collecting for so long and has made the decision to sell off his collection. So welcome, Gordon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be your guest, Jeff. Gordon, why don't you tell us a little about your collecting life? You know how you got into it. What uh, you know, some of the, the the cool things that you've collected, and, and some of the things you've seen a lot of changes in our hobby in, in the last forty years. I'm sure. Uh, just just your view on on, on where the hobby is today. Well, that, well, that's a that, that we might be on here for days. It's okay. We got time, my friend. We have time. Yeah. You know, I got started. Uh, I had an uncle. Who, uh, you know, I, the first cards I remember ever seeing were early Bowman cards um, that my uncle had. And I was like, wow, what are those? You know, these are baseball cards. And, you know, he took me to the local uh, grocery store and I paid my nickel or whatever it was for a pack. And I was hooked after that. Uh, a little bit later in life, he gave me his cards. So that got me started. Uh, the first pack that I remember buying away from that was uh, about 1959 Topps cards. And I don't know, you know, it just, it, it hooked me. My, uh, I had a large family. My dad had seven brothers and sisters. All of the uncles were baseball fanatics. Uh, they're all Cincinnati fans. Unfortunately, I'm a Cardinal fan, lifelong Cardinal fan. Stand the man, that's my guy. Um, and it's, it just went from there. I, I was lucky enough back then, you could afford whatever you really wanted if you had a good job. And I amassed 
pretty much a complete Tops and Bowman uh, collection up through uh, the late 80s. And uh, unfortunately, I sold them all to a guy by the name of Alan Rosen, who many yep. of you may know as Mr. Mint. Mr. Mint. Alan flew, yeah, Alan flew to Kentucky and, uh, you know, purchased my collection. I thought I did really great. Of course, looking back now, you know, the 52 Mantles and the Jackie Robinson rookies, I gave away a million bucks probably. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, I never got into it for the money, and the money's great. Um, you know, in those days, I, I went to the early national conventions with a friend of mine by the name of Dr. Gerald Sullivan, who has still probably has a, an incredible collection. There was no graded cards that I remember. You know, the spirit amongst the collectors was just wasn't competitive it was hey let's help each other oh you need oh you need those high numbers you know from the so and so okay well let's trade and that that's what i remember about it uh and I, i've never been i don't know how let, let me think about this a minute but i've kind of went through collecting from cards i got into collecting game used uniforms mm -hmm. for a long time had some great uniforms and ended up trading those for signed cards to a guy by the name of Dave Medina, Medina in Chicago. And Dave was the earliest uh, through the mail in person guy that I ever met. And that got me started. And then I just uh, I befriended Mr. Jack Smalling. Sure. And Jim Rowe. Jim Rowe was a great friend of mine. I spent hours sitting at his table with him going through his postcards they were a quarter to sometimes if you bought enough of them they were a dime you know <laughs> and, uh, and uh, jack I, I picked up jack's list and i just started writing and then i was lucky enough to cover some spring trainings for a local radio station and uh, you know I, I quit i quit for a long time and then i got back into it about three or four years ago but it's come the time for me. And here's what really caused me to decide to sell. Uh, I have a, had a stepson. Um, my, have, my previous wife passed away. And uh, he stole most of my really good stuff. He got into the drug scene. You know, I raised the kid. I trusted him, got into the drug scene. And all of a sudden, my stuff started disappearing. And I'm talking about a lot of stuff. All the big guys, Mantle Mazes, uh, you know, Ryan Rookie signed, uh, Ripken Rookie signed. And that really made me realize at my age, I'm 73. But, oh, that's not really old, but uh, I have no family that's interested in it. Uh, and it's just time to let somebody else enjoy it. I just lost you Gordon, there, Gordon. I'm sorry. We, lo we lost that last, like, two or three minutes. Okay. Okay, so I apologize. We were talking... I'll take care of this in editing post, but we were talking about okay. your stepson um, stealing your stuff, and then that's kind of when we got we lost you. Okay. And, you know, and after that, I just... Uh, I don't know. I lost the, the love for it because... Some of the stuff he took was my, that was the stuff that got me started, the stuff that was important to me. 
that I thought I would always hang on to. And I just, it's gotten, it's accumulated so much, signed stuff, especially cards, uh, signed baseball cards. But I do also, you know, have a lot of Jim Rose stuff, a lot of team issues, signed stuff. And it's just time to let somebody enjoy it. Do, do you have it. any other kid? Any, any other kids? With your fan? Was your family interested in it? Was your is your second wife interested in it? Or um, you know, because we're, we're all facing that same problem, right? All right. No, not really. She's not. Um, you know, she was. She's a doll collector. She has a collection of fantastic. And I'm not talking about Barbie dolls. I'm talking about you know designer dolls and, and we're, she's at the same place it's like yeah what am i going to put all these dolls her daughters don't want them her grandkids do not want them um and if somebody else can love these these autographs and these things more power to them i'm really thrilled that some of the younger folks have responded to my post on the uh, vintage hall of famers like you know the jim rose stuff which uh Surprised me a little bit. I didn't know that a lot of the young folks uh, even remember who Fat Freddie Fitzsimmons was, you know. So it's just time for me to move on. We want to travel, you know. I made my first trip to Europe last year. And uh, we, we want to just enjoy the time we have left. Have you, have you, have, have you explored uh, other options in terms of selling your collection? Did you think of going through auction houses or uh, going through one dealer to purchase your collection? Or because you've gone kind of the private route that right now you're you're trying to piece it off through through uh, a private route, correct? Well, after the response that I got and the time it takes to <laughs> to sort through all the messages and the emails and and. The, I am considering. I've had a couple people reach out to me interested in buying everything, mm -hmm. so I would I would explore that uh, going forward. I did. Try, I also collect J.D. McCarthy postcards. Oh yeah, those are beautiful. And a, a dear dear friend of mine who we lost a couple of years ago by the name of Dan Evan. Dan Even, some people call him, got me started. He was the the guy. I mean, Dan probably had the largest postcard collection in the world. And, uh, you know, now his daughters are faced with moving the stuff, you know, trying to sell it all. And they're doing eBay and they're doing really good. You know, they're doing great with it. But I, I did have, I've got two people that have approached me about buying my signed cards collection. Okay. What is it? What is it number right now, Gord? What is it number right now, Gordon? How many signed cards do you think you have in your collection? Oh, I'm going to say six, seven thousand, maybe. And they 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 go back all the way to the fifties to to uh, the the eighties or nineties. Late forties. Yeah, late forties. Yeah, not a lot of current stuff. When when you were when you were doing TTM because you were doing it at a different time when not a lot of people were doing it so were the players more uh, available and resident to, uh, to to sign cards as as opposed to kind of nowadays these guys are all you know they all want their donation fee and some guys don't even sign no, I, it all through the mail. No, they were. You know, I, I I got a lot of little personal notes. You know, from certain players. Oh, thanks for remembering me. And, you know, sometimes I would include a. You know, who was the toughest pitcher you faced or, you know, what's your best memory? And, and a lot of the guys would answer those, including a lot of the big-time guys. 
um, you know, I was always amazed with the, how 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 willing they were to sign, and and it, it was just fun back then. It's not it's not very fun right now for me. Oh, well, it's 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 still fun, but it's a different it's different then because I, <laughs> I I did I TTM I started TTMing in the uh, late seventies and early eighties, so it's obviously different than today, right? It was, and, and if you were if you were TTMing back in the sixties and in the early seventies, it was even more different then. I mean, I you know I wrote Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle and, and a lot of Sandy Koufax back then, and they all signed no problem. They answered my questions, and it was it was exactly. different today. Today, if you try to get Willie Mays, and I know he's a, he's an older gentleman, but somebody of that that ilk to sign through the mail, they're just not going to. Well, yeah, you know, and you're this, I'm the same. You know, I've had responses from Koufax and Williams and Mantle and Roger Maris, who I met in yep. spring training in his last years with the Cardinals, was very cordial, very willing to sign. Uh, and there was a couple guys that maybe were tough but I, I can remember one spring training uh, I was covering in Tampa covering the Reds and they were playing the Phillies and I wondered uh, I wondered uh, I roamed over into the Phillies dugout and Mike Smith was standing there and he had just broken a bat and he threw it in this barrel and uh, I just kind of looked at him and I said hey uh, Mr. Smith uh, what are you going to do with that bat he said you want it take it and I said, thank you. Would you sign it? He said, sure. Be glad to. I mean, that was the kind of thing. And doing interviews in spring training, you know, with the Cardinals and Whitey Herzog and all the guys, they were all very cordial, very willing to sign. And yeah, that, I think the, the money. Just, I think mon the money is kind of have has hurt our hobby in some way, right? That the all of a sudden this stuff becomes <laughs> valuable, and the, these guys' signatures are now a commodity, right? Well, yeah, you know, and I've had a couple guys in the last 10 years, I'm not going to mention their name, players, that said, you're just going to sell this stuff on eBay. And, you know, so why should I sign it for free? And uh, I've heard stories of some collectors sending, you know, dozens of cards to guys expecting to get them all signed and returned. Right. And, you know, they were really sometimes, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, right, as a hobby. Well, there were unwritten rules when you and I got into it years ago that no more than three items. Make sure you have a self-addressed stamped envelope and write a little handwritten note. You know, so that's what I did. That's how I built my collection. Do you, have a, do, you have a favorite, do you have a favorite item that you, you, you're not, you don't want to sell? Yeah, I'm keeping all my stand usual stuff. And I have uh, a lot. A lot of Stan Musial. I had an auntie that was uh, ran the coffee shop in the uh, Netherlands Hotel in Cincinnati. That's where all the ball players stayed. She knew them all. And uh, I asked her one day. I said, Aunt Marcy, well, I really need to Stan Musial to give me his autograph. And she said, I'm not going to ask them. I'm not ask these people for autographs. But she finally did. And that was my first Musial autograph she had got me a program or something but i was honored to meet stan a few times he was always such a gentleman willing to sign you know willing to sit down and have a little talk with you and uh, i think those days are gone you know I, one of my favorite experiences was after one of the early national shows i can't remember what city was in 
but Eno Slaughter was one of the guests. Sure. And afterwards, we went to the hospitality room, and Enos was more than happy to go back to the hospitality room, have a couple of booze with us, and we had a good talk. And we talk, I talked to Enos about TTM, and he said, I have never refused to sign anything that was sent to me. He, he took pride in uh, being remembered and, and signing in the mail. So things like that. No, no, it's funny because we, we talk about this all the time because we're, we're big TTMers. And the older players' autographs are so much nicer and so much more readable than the players' autographs today. Today, they're just scribbles. Those the guy, those guys, Stan Mutual, Al Kaline, just Whitey Herzog, all those guys, they have great autographs. These these guys today, it's a shame what they, 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 they call an autograph, don't you think? Yeah, an example, here's a Monty Urban. Uh, you can see how yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful signature. With some of the guys like Charlie Geringer, and like you said, a lot of the older guys, I think they took pride. Of course, I used to use cursive growing up, and I've gotten away from it. My signature now is horrible, and it, <laughs> but it used to be okay. <laughs> that, that's funny. Uh, so, is it? Do you is do you want to give out your email address if people are interested in, in, in purchasing something from your collection? Is that okay? Uh, you know, right now I'm so overwhelmed just from this one Facebook post. I mean, literally, I'm getting swamped with private messages. Hey, you got any reds? Do you have this? I'd like to have the Braves. How do you have this guy? And I'm having a hard time keeping up with it right now. now you're gonna have to. So you're gonna have to hire a secretary. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not really, I don't really want to do that right now, but maybe we'll, you know, revisit each other in the future when I'm ready to do that. All right. Tell, so right you know what, we, you, talked about, you talked about the early national shows, and not a lot of people uh, can go back and say they went to some of these the earlier national shows. How, uh, have you been to any of the ones recently, and can you compare them to the, the early iterations of the show? I have not. I have not been to a, a show probably since mid '80s. Okay, or early '80s. I just I, I, I got involved in my business. Um, I have a had a music store, retail music store here in town for almost fifty years. I play music. I still have a band. I get out there and still jump up and down, rock and roll. Uh, and I just kind of got away from it during those times, and I did. Did a little TTM through the years, but I, I sort of quit until just okay. a few years ago. Then I just have started you, purchasing collections. Have you been able to emotionally detach yourself from from a lot of your collection? Because that's one of my problems. That I'm I'm so emotionally attached <laughs> to this stuff that I don't want to give a, give any of it out. You know, and I I don't mind if I have a double to share it with somebody because I've never sold anything in my life. But I'm just so emotionally mm -hmm. attached to it and. And, you know, I'm 57, but, you know, in, in 10 or 15 years, I'm going to be where you are. And my family has no interest in my collection at all. And I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I have been very emotionally detached, attached, not detached. Yeah. I'm not so much anymore after the theft, to be honest with you. Yeah, that I know that really. Started, that started, started my thoughts of what am I going to do with this? Uh, Plus, you know, um, I'm still kind of a newlywed. Uh, this month will be two years for us. Well, congratulations. And, and it's just a different, you know, it's just different life. And it's just time to 
just time to move on from it. But, do you, uh, how, you do you, how, do you, how have you been storing and displaying your items? Do you, do you have uh, do you have a special man cave where you we have all your stuff, or how how do you? Because you you have a big collection. No, I don't. I've just been you know storing it in boxes and uh, uh, kind of stacking it up in my office, which uh, I, I can't. It's just we don't. We've moved. We just bought a beautiful home on the beautiful Ohio River down here and. And I don't have the room I did. I had a big, large house in the past, you know, an old house. And uh, so I, I don't have it really have any room to even display it. That's another yeah. reason to, to start moving it. I do have a, I'm redoing my office and I do have a mutual display. I've got all of these cards and I've got most of them autographed and some, and a binder full of, you know, different photos. Uh, but I, I really don't. I don't have anywhere to store it. And uh, so it's just time to it's just time to move on from it. And let no, I know it, 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 it's both it's both a happy time and, and a sad time. I think because you you've just amassed yeah. amassed such a great collection. But it's nice that you you can share it with people that that will love it as much as you, right? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I when I did this post, I guess day before yesterday. I didn't know what kind of response it would be, and it's been almost overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh God, let me get these, uh, I mean, get them all separated, and get them in the right envelope, and make sure you, you know, get the right address. And uh, yeah, I almost need a secretary, like you said. Yeah, no, but, no, you, uh, Gordon, you definitely need a secretary. You, you have <laughs> a lot under your plate here, my friend. We're we yeah. speaking with Gordon Wilshire. Gordon has been collecting cards and autographs for, for more than 50, 45 years, and, and he's hit the crossroads, guys, that we're all going to hit that eventually. Les, Wolf, and I have been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and uh, you know we're all going to get to the, the, the point where we have our collection has, has grown so big and, and our family doesn't want it, and you don't want to burden your family with get, un, trying to unload the collection. Right, Gordon? That's right. Well, my, I had two stepsons. I had the good guy and the bad guy. Uh, and my youngest stepson told me one time, because uh, my late wife was a collector of Star Trek and all the, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. And, and I asked him, he asked me one time, he said, something happens to you guys. You know what's going to happen to all this stuff, don't you? And I said, no. He said, we're going to put it in a dump truck we're going to take it to the dump because we don't oh, know. <laughs> you know. So they grew up with this, you know, it was, didn't mean anything to them. So I, that that's in the back of my mind as well. I just don't have anybody in my family that, that wants, that wants it or wants to be burdened with trying to do something with it. And, you know, and I've you had heart surgery. I've had prostate cancer. I've lost a kidney. Uh, so who knows, you know, and my wife certainly would not know what to do with it or how to even move it. So, yeah, I'm have the, I have the same problem that you do, my friend. It's a, it's what to do with this. Cause no one else is going to, is, is going to love it as much as I do. I know that, but I don't want it to end up, uh, you know, by somebody take advantage of my family or, or the, the, you know, they don't know what's worth what the, they all look like cards exactly. to them. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and I mentioned the J.D. McCarthy postcard collection. I've got, Dan told me at one time I had one of the probably top two or three collections of McCarthy postcards. Uh, 
Uh, you know, and I used to buy them direct from Mr. McCarthy. He used wow. to send out a, he used to send a mail. I've still got one of them, you know, that he sent out. Here's the guys I've got. And uh, so I've got those. I've got, I don't know, there's probably three, 3,500 of those different players. I also collect Cardinal team issue postcards. Now I've got a huge collection of those as well, plus a lot of duplicate stuff. So, you know, I reached out to Heritage. I just sure. called Heritage. A yep. guy or acquaintance of mine works there by the name of uh, Mark Jordan. And Mark was an early collector uh, uh, back in the Nationals. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about McCarthy postcards. I don't know. I don't know what we could get for them. So you, you get that point, too. Yeah, sure. Do you, um, you know, you know, you mentioned uh, graded cards versus non non graded cards, and I'm assuming most of your stuff is non graded, correct? Yeah, almost all of it's non graded. Yeah. I, I sent a few cards in a couple years ago. Have uh, you had a pro Have you had problem um, dealing with collectors to who are potentially going to purchase your items uh, because they're not graded or authenticated? Has that been a problem for you? A little bit, a little bit. There's a local. Uh, place in town that uh, it's a kind of a flea market kind of place and there's a guy there that is a huge card dealer i mean he got millions of cards in this place and a few autographs and uh, i took some of the star trek stuff in that i have that i inherited from my late wife and he said man this is great stuff but you know it's not authentic so i i probably wouldn't want it and I think that's kind of where it's getting for a lot of the stuff. I'm I'm wrestling right now with a decision to submit a lot of stuff to PSA for authentic. I can't even say it. Yeah, and it's expensive, even bulk. You know, I've negotiated a bulk deal with one of the guys, but it's still going to cost me, you know, a few thousand dollars to send the really good stuff that I have, the Kofaxes, the Mantles, the Mazes, the, you know, uh, Williams and all that stuff in to get them authenticated. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm wrestling, is it worth it? Is it worth spending the extra money or is it going to pay off? I just don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, at a crossroads. I, you and I are in the same place. That I'm, I'm just about 15 years behind you. <laughs> you know, I because that when I collected, when I really collected hard in the seventies and the eighties and into the nineties, there was no such thing as grading and authentication. So a good yeah. majority of my collection is has is not been authenticated, not graded. And I, you know, I'm not. I don't want to go and invest five thousand dollars in getting all this stuff, the good stuff, authenticated. But I think I might have to. Well, I may have to as well because you know, researching what it brings when it's authenticated. It's probably a, a good investment to do that, I would say. Uh, some of the prices I see on eBay for authenticated stuff make a difference, I guess, graded. You know, like some of the uh, uh, mutual team issues graded bring, you know, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I, 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 I wish I could come up to your house, Gordon, and just look at your collection before before it gets dissipated and, and dispersed all over the country because it sounds like a fabulous collection. Where, where are you located? I'm in here? Boston. I'm in Boston, Mass. Well, I, I spent a month in Boston one afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I used to, we used to vacation in Rhode Island, and uh, we decided to go to Boston one afternoon. 
And there was a hockey playoff. The Celtics were in a playoff. There was two college graduations going. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the, the, the state, the city must have been on a standstill, right? You couldn't get anywhere, yeah. anywhere. And then they took me to this restaurant down in, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's like the square or the common. Daniel Hall? Yeah. And, yeah. And they didn't tell me that, you know, that you're going to get insulted and a wet towel thrown in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was a great memory. And what, I did go to Fenway, you know, to see a game. And that, that was good. You know, that was a great thing. So, Well, I, I hope you're still a fan. And do, do you purchase any of the new stuff just to see what they look out look like? Are you, do you, are you involved in any of the, the new releases? You know, maybe once in a while I'll buy a pack. Of, I'm in, you know, the drugstore or Walmart. And I'll just buy a pack. Just what do the cards look like now? Where, what are they? You know, yep. And not really. Not really. Not really. I, so bought a few, I bought a few collections the last couple of years that were loaded with new stuff. And I just basically uh, end up donating them to the boys' club or something. You know, well, that's, I, okay. that's okay. Yeah. I donated a whole carload of, of my collection uh, about three years ago to the boys' and girls' club. Uh, you know, this was what, what they called it junk. Uh, yeah, the junk wax era. stuff, all stuff from the 90s. You know, and, and all these boxes, of monster boxes I had accumulated. And I just, uh, I, know, I know the fella at the Boys and Girls Club, and I said, you guys, what do you think? You know, my kids would love these. So so I felt good about that. I'd take them somewhere where maybe they're appreciated. Are you going to continue so posting? Really, yeah. Are you going to continue sorry. posting your... Uh, your, your journey in terms of unloading collection on Facebook, is that something you can you, you plan on doing? Yeah, I'm going to, I've got a few more posts planned out, hopefully later today. And um, I've, got a, I've got a box of stuff sitting over here that I'm like, I was, I've kind of, you, have you seen that deal where they say you pick something up and you look at it for three or four seconds and if it doesn't bring you joy, time to yeah, move I've, it? I, I've heard that, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. My problem I'm is every card I look at, it doesn't matter who it is, it brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I've been there, but... Uh, just, I, still, I, I, st I still TTM, so I really enjoy... Like, I got, th I got three or four yesterday in the mail, and I, I like getting, you know, the, the guy, you know, Don Strzok, who was a backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, as much as I like getting a Brooks Robinson or a Juan Marichal, it's... Uh, um, well, I, I understand. I... I, I did a couple TTMs a couple months ago just to see from my old smalling list. And they were, you know, part-time Cardinal guys from the 50s and 60s. And I did get a couple returns, Ted Savage, uh, you know, Jim Shag for a couple guys. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I got. But anyway, it was like, it was fun. You know, it was yeah. fun. Oh, we just, we just lost Molly Shan uh, uh, Shannon, right? Mike Shannon. Yeah. He was, was a He was a great T-Tamer. He was a great T-Tamer. I think I got him back in the day, but uh, from what I've heard, he's got pretty tough as far as T-Tamer. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, so, a, lot of the, a lot of these guys get discouraged because like, they see stuff being sold on eBay, like you said, and they, they, they get discouraged that, well, what am I doing signing for free when these guys are out selling my, my uh, stuff that I've given to them? So. <laughs> these guys are making nowadays you can't really blame some of the old guys for wanting their little piece of the pie you know no i know well gordon wilcher 
best of luck selling your off your collection. Uh, I'm envious that you've reached that point in your life, and very jealous. <laughs> and I wish you the best the best of luck. Uh, please stay in touch. I'll you know we'll stay in touch on Facebook and. Uh, if you you know you you you're ready, you want to come on and, and review some of the stuff that you you've sold, and if you you're looking to get rid of specific stuff, let me know, and I'll ha- I'll definitely have you on, and and we'll I'm sure my listeners would love to to help you uh, unload some of your collection. Well, I appreciate that, Jeff, and and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's more work than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, wife said yesterday, she said this year. You're in a bad mood. <laughs> so it, it's very cathartic, though. though. Is it, isn't it cathartic, though, that you're kind of unloading some of the stuff that you've had for, for so many years? Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> I know, because yeah, I, 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 you know, I grew up in, in Massachusetts, but I've lived in, in Arizona and Las Vegas and back to Massachusetts and different houses. So a lot of my collection has traveled around with me. So it's yep. definitely part of the family, if you know what I mean. Right, that is. Uh, but you know, I still I go back to the theft being kind of the thing that's really it's taken me a couple years to realize it. But that I just thought, you know, oh, so much stuff, great stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. That's no one should have you know, to deal with that, especially from from a family member. It's it's. Uh, you know, I had like a signed forty six cardinal ball. You know. You can't replace that. You can't replace, you know, those things. So, yeah, I would just a quick. I have a quick story. I got a quick story for you. I was talking with Stephen Lane, who's the he he wrote a book on Mickey Mantle, and uh, he had the same thing happen to you. Um, one of his family members, and not just a direct family member, but one of his family members actually stole a 1952 Mickey Mantle from him from his house, and he can't yeah. prove it, but you know they. They, it was went missing, and this was the only person that could have done it, and it left a sour taste in his mouth too. And I and I can see how that would really just just really uh, grind on you, right? It's it wears on you. Well, yeah, it does. You know, it's hard to it's hard to let go of it. Uh, and it's been three it's been three and a half years, and he still hasn't gone to court. You know, he's been arrested for it and a couple other drug charges, and it's it's like. Oh, that, that that's too bad. That is quite a shame. Well, hopefully we have bright. Hopefully we have brighter days ahead for you. I'm wishing you brighter days ahead, Mister Mister Wilcher. It's Gordon Wilcher. He is on Facebook. It's Gordon Eli Wilcher. If you want to follow him on Facebook, uh, you can you can try to friend request him. But he's a busy man. He's a busy man. <laughs> I'll get to you eventually. <laughs> All right, my friend. Best of luck, and please stay in touch. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you, Gordon. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Collects. Looking up the values of trading cards can be a chore, but now there's an app that makes getting the market price as simple as snapping a photo. The app is called Collects, C-O-L-L-X, and it's free in the App Store and in Google Play. After you scan your cards and get the values, you can build out your collection, list cards for sale, and make deals with other Collects users to buy and sell cards. Now you can get $10 towards your first card purchase in Collects Marketplace. Just send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you a $10 coupon. 
Get Collects today. It's free and get $10 towards your first card purchase. Just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and make sure you put $10 in your subject line. Well, Drew, you know, Gordon's been collecting for so long and he has so much stuff that, that, he, that he's decided to sell off. And he just kind of, you know, he's he's probably in his uh, 60s or maybe early 70s now. And he's just had, a, you know, he, he, he there was no one in his family that was interested in his items and he didn't, you know, he had to do something with it. And um, unfortunately his stepson stole some of his stuff, Oh, which is, which kind of was started the whole thing, you know, like, well, what am I going to do? This this stuff is just going to get taken or, or, or or not, you know, somebody's not going to be able to, um, you know, love the stuff as much as I did. So Gordon is selling off his collection, but um, Gordon's a good guy, and if you want me to hook you up with Gordon in terms of if you're interested in purchasing his collection, let me know and I can get you Gordon's email. All right, great. All right, Drew, that wraps up uh, Collector's Corner. Next up is we've got Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Have you graded your sports cards with CSG yet? There's no better time than now. Every authenticated sports card arrives in the hobby's best holder. CSG is known for their expertise, integrity, and world-class service. Get your sports cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST making the grade and we have a very special making the grade this week uh we get all our uh grading statistics from our friends at gemrate at gemrate.com and we are going to have ryan uh from uh gemrate he's going to give us the big three we we recorded the big three with with ryan the other day so that that's Mm -hmm. coming up but first drew why don't you give us some uh, made grading numbers yeah, got some uh, new info in from all the companies there, of course, for the 8th through the 14th. So previous week's uh, numbers here, PSA up 19%. They did 270,700 cards through their offices this week. Uh, SGC also up 5%, 21,700 cards went through there. We've been talking about Beckett being on a bit of a slide recently. Well, hopefully they've stopped that. They're up 7% this week, 14,500 cards they have graded. Uh, CGC seen a big drop this week, 57% down, 8,300 cards that they have graded. Very cool. Thank you. Well, Drew, instead of doing the big three, me and you and I, we we we, we, we let it for a professional. We left it for a professional this week. <laughs> nice. So uh, Ryan Stuczynski from Gemrate, gemrate.com, supplies all our uh, statistics. And here's Ryan with the big three. This week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. All right, guys, it's time for the big three. The big three. It's time for the big three. We got a very special guest to uh, run down the big three. It's kind of like David Letterman's, right? Top ten. We have a we have a, a top ten special guest to do the, the 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 big three this week. I'm talking, of course, about Ryan Stekninski, who is from gemrate.com. Ryan is the one who generates these this great statistics for us every week. And we're going to talk to Ryan's going to deliver the big three, but we have a couple things to talk about before we get into the big three. First, Ryan, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hopefully I can uh, fill some big shoes here if Drew's not <laughs> doing part of this. So we'll see. 
you you don't have, you don't have to much do much to beat Drew and I. So you, the bar is really <laughs> low. <laughs> well, I can appreciate that. I'll do my best. All right. Did it was did it surprise you that um you know we we made the announcement last week that the Griffey's 1989 Upper Deck Rookie Card has been graded a hundred thousand times. Is that that, that that's a milestone that I never thought I'd see hit. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's it's uh, it's cool to see. Uh, you know, I think twenty thousand of those have been graded over the last two two and a half years, uh, and I've been keeping an eye on it. You know, I knew it was going to be the first one to cross it. Although there are some Pokemon cards that have been sneaking up the list pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it's a big milestone. I mean, it's a lot of cards. But you know, what's what I think is great about that one is it's so iconic that it's one of the few cards people can sort of hear that number and be like, okay, I could actually see there being like a copy for sort of everybody who cares about that card. And they're sort of, you know, the, the demand and the supply sort of makes sense there, uh, where a lot of these ultramonic cards, you wouldn't see that. So the Griffey, that's a cool one to see for sure. Do we have any other cards, uh, modern cards or, or vintage cards that, that are going to approach that number soon? I think the 89 uh, Tops Griffey is probably next on the list. And then there's uh, nothing in the sports card world that's even close. No, not, not uh, the Bo 87 Bo Jackson or... No, no, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's 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 going to be a long time. So but this could be, you know, maybe the tops one gets there in the next couple of years. But, you know, we could be we could be looking at a, a many year gap. That's that's unbelievable. You know what? I, we, we watch these statistics like crazy, not as much as you do. But of course, we, we love we love statistics. Right. And um, I get nervous when I see we're down for a couple of weeks, but then we jump back up this week um do you do you look at that as a harbinger of how the hobby's doing if if we're down for a couple of weeks and the the basic fluctuation of it you know I, I try not to take too much stock in the weekly movements because you never know uh, you know one of the grading companies could be doing training or have a show that they're at and they may be you know just moving people around for a week here or there um or it could you know we're just getting closer to summer and so you know maybe people are on vacation and it's sort of a coordinated break um you know, the monthly trends, I think, are pretty reflective of sort of what's happening. The mm -hmm. weekly stuff, you know, I think is I definitely think if you see a trend there, we're down for three weeks in a row, for example. You know, that's something to take serious. But, you know, a couple of weeks down and then back up the next week is not totally surprising. Um, you know, but it definitely if we see like a few weeks, I definitely would think that's more of a trend. Do you see any other companies joining the, the big four, so to speak? Do, is there any other uh, grading companies that... Uh, you might see, you know, cracking, cracking this big four in terms of the grading, starting to grade a lot of cards. You know, it's interesting. There's some specialists out there that are doing a lot of activity in like the TCG space. You know, you've got some of the up and comers, um, but no, I mean, the short answer is no. I, I get a lot of companies that reach out that are, you know, would love to be featured. And, you know, part of the process is you have to have a pop report that's public and I, or for me to even, you know, pull the data. And so that sort of eliminates a lot of these earlier companies. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very curious myself to see if there's anybody that sort of gains traction. It's pretty. It's very hard to do. You really, it's hard to break through. I think you know CSG was impressive that they've even been able to get to where they have, and that's on the the back of a long established history and in, in a lot of other categories. And so yep. you know, it's harder to be kind of coming from scratch here. So we'll see. Maybe if AI takes off and there's potential there. Um, but yeah, the short answer is I don't I don't think so. Not in the near term. But I mean, I I you know I'd love to see it. And we'll definitely incorporate the data if, if one of the companies takes off enough where people are asking to see it in our reports. Well, Ryan, it's very cool. Ryan produces the exclusive content. This is exclusive 
statistics for uh, TTM cast listeners. This is the only place you can find it, guys. And we're going to do the big three. It's time for the big three, Ryan. Who, who are the big three uh, risers this week? Yeah. So what's interesting about this data, and you know, as if, and if this is exclusive to this, this is the only the only place that we're we're publishing this. Uh, you know, but I look at it and I try to sort of think about like, what does it mean? And you know, it doesn't always make sense. I don't. I'm not in the weeds enough. To we're sort the of same way, Ryan. We, we look at the numbers and we're like, <laughs> well, why is why is Ronaldo on there for three weeks in a row and Messi is on there for two weeks in a row? And <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know, uh, and it's interesting. I like it more from just like a. Oh, that's kind of like cool to see, or that's interesting to pay attention to. It's it's really not like 100% actionable week in, week out, but it's definitely like, okay, that's cool to know that there's a pocket of collectors that are interested in a certain category or a certain player. Uh, but this week's this week's big three, you know, is one of those instances where it's like, okay, that's kind of odd, but I mean, that, you know, the data is the data. Uh, and this this week, actually, the Billy, Billy Ripken was the, the top of the chart with 146% increase in grading activity week over week, which of course is all fueled by, you know, one card. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, the air card, the infamous air card, which had the most copies ever graded since we started tra- uh, tracking the data back in early 2021. There were over 300 copies graded, uh, which was, which was, you know, kind of, I don't know, uh, at least 50, maybe 100 larger than any other prior week we'd seen. So a pretty big increase. And, you know, again, we never know why, but somebody just had a lot of those they've been collecting, decided to send them in and, you know, get them slabbed. Um, Beyond that, then there was kind of two sort of prospecty type players, Riley Green, who's actually having a pretty good year. He's, he's, he's picked up, he's, I think he's hitting above 290 now. He was up 101% first the prior week. And Christian Watson from the Packers, uh, the wide receiver, was on this list up 62%. So a little bit of a prospect angle to this week. Again, no real rhyme or reason. You know, this the, the thing that's important when we, when we do bring these stats to market, there's a little bit of a lag. There could have been a ball quarter where somebody was you know, just grading a bunch of their players for their PC and that could impact these numbers. Uh, so you definitely have to take them with a, you know, a grain of salt, but there's definitely, it's interesting to watch. Like, again, I would never have had Christian Watson even on my radar for somebody that could see a big spike. So interesting to right. see me, there. Me as well. I mean, he had a pretty good rookie year, but is he the guy that people are investing lots of money in and, and grading a, t- a ton of his rookie cards? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. Right. 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 <laughs> right. I mean, you never know. Maybe it sort of ties into Jordan love activity and there's somebody that, you know, as a Packers fan, and they're just, I, I, yeah, you never know, but definitely surprised to see him up on that list, especially just given, you know, and like we saw Jamar Chase on there a few times in recent weeks. I do think the wide receivers jump onto this list because there's inconsistency in the activity. And so you can, see, you know, whereas like the QBs, you're going to see a lot of people sending in those cards week in and week out where you might see, you know, um, a lull in grading activity for some of these wide receivers. So it can definitely be like a down week followed by, you know, a big spike. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see for sure. Well, now we're looking at the the three droppers, the three losers, the three guy. We still haven't come up with a good <laughs> word for it. It's I bothering Drew and I every week. We go, well, okay, here's the three downers, here's the three losers, here's the three droppers. We we don't know what to call them. <laughs> I know that's my favorite part of the segment is what are you guys going to call it every week? Uh, and I don't have a, I don't have a good answer for it myself. But yeah, I've been I've been sticking with the three biggest droppers. Um, and this week it was Jalen Hurts. Down 26. You know, I just said quarterbacks don't move that much, but we actually have two quarterbacks on the list this week. Jalen Hurts down 26%, Mac Jones down 12%, and then Justin Jefferson was down 12%. So football, for whatever reason, is seeing a little bit of a decline, um, which is I don't expect to last that long. You know, I'd expect to see football start to pick back up again as we're getting into the 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 hype season here. So maybe it was just a little bit of a 
uh, calm before the storm as people start to prep for the the uh, you know camps picking up here. Right. I mean, the, the, the bloom has fallen off of Mac Jones, right? Everyone's kind of down, down on Mac Jones, Justin Jefferson. I would, that was surprising to me. Cause I think that, you know, they're talking him as being the number one fantasy guy uh, coming mm-hmm. in this year. And he obviously he's a stud stud of a talent. I I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that he's shown up and her hurts had a great year. And didn't he just sign a big contract and he just signed a big extension. He did. He did. So, you know, the state never doesn't always jive. It's sort of like what I think is the, the popularity of a player sort of momentum, you know, and partially because you might have just again, I don't I don't track this, you know, trend this over six. You know, for example, Jalen Hurts might have been up six weeks in a row and then he drops 26 percent, which right. might just be like, you know, um, the end of a run for him. And so, as you know, as net net, he's still probably pretty, up, pretty, you know, up pretty decently over the past few weeks and just had a little bit of a decline in momentum. Same probably goes for Justin Jefferson, whereas, yeah, to your point, Mac Jones has probably seen a little bit of a fading and just, you know, uh, people's affinity for him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm in the Justin Jefferson camp. Like, he, you know, again, wide receivers, it's harder to sort of break out and be be a guy in the hobby that people really rally around on, in the wide receiver position. And Jefferson seems to be one of those where people actually have, like, a lot of momentum and there's a lot of collectability behind him. Right. We're not going to be surprised to see Bill Rip. Billy Ripken on the downers next week or, or in two weeks, right? Well, that's, that is one of the things I filter for, you know, I, cause there, you know, we'd be, you know, getting whiplash if it was always just the top moves to the bottom every week. And it's sort of this fluctuation. So Bill Ripken will definitely not be there. I'll, I'll filter him out to try to give a truer sense for people who at least have, I usually compare it to like a few weeks average prior to get a better sense for who's moving. So it's not like a, a straight up, you know, uh, week to week, percentage that 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 is the percentage I'm giving but I put a little bit of a filter in a filter in there to make sure it's at least like a couple week trend as opposed to you know people that are just moving from the top to the bottom bottom to the top every week or it'd be the same players it's been and and uh, correct me if I'm wrong but Drew and I always always talk about the weekly uh, grading numbers and we seem to be around 350 cards uh 350,000 cards getting graded in a week is that a, a pretty good number to go by yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, because PSA has been doing anywhere from you know two hundred twenty-five to three hundred thousand, so you're, they're obviously the bulk of that. And then you definitely see like SGC has found its sweet spot in the twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand range, yeah. and you know Beckett and CGC are doing somewhere between you know ten to twenty thousand themselves. And so yeah, that's about right. Um, and I think that's a pretty. I mean, that's a very healthy number. We're definitely still seeing you know uh, activity. You know, led by PSA has been increasing, and then you know. SGC has been really pushing hard on their promotions and that sort of ebbs and flows with how aggressive they're being with, you know, certain sets. And then, right. I you mean, know, they, run, they have that, the Bowman sale going on right now. So they have the Bowman sale. We'll see the top sale was obviously like super productive. I think they had already like three or four X what they, you know, for 2023 tops, what they did for 2022 tops in, you know, the first few weeks. And so, you know, that was a pretty massive uh, promotion for them. We'll see with Bowman if it's quite as productive. You know, the prospecting game is, is is tricky to navigate. But yeah, I mean, the, the dip, it's definitely been a lever they've been able to pull with success. The key is people have to move those slabs then. You know, all these slabs get graded and then, you know, they, you know, SGC is still establishing itself in the in the in the market as it relates to just like what is an SGC 10 sell for relative to a right. PSA 10. And you know, people got to be able to move those slabs. So they're doing a great job of getting slabs into people's hands. Now people need to move them. So we'll see how that goes. Well, you know what the numbers kind of correspond to when they're doing promotions, right? When CSG was doing their sale um, at the end of the year, their numbers kind of mm-hmm. jumped up a little. And I think 
the numbers really correspond to where uh, how these companies are promoting themselves and, and uh, what markets they're going after, right? Totally. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of price sensitivity. I mean, it's not quite a race to the bottom in the sense that I think there's uh, you know certainly floors and that these companies have to be mindful of to be profitable. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely very promotion sensitive environment. And I think, um, you know, with the exception of PSA, which, you know, definitely carries a premium in the market and even them, you know, they're still testing the waters with different promotions. I don't, for example, they're running a 2022, 2023 promotion and you know, I think it's doing okay, but I don't think it's like their best promotion that they've run. So, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them open it up to something a little broader uh, when this promotion ends in May and as they move into June. Do you see the grading numbers um, increase uh, during, uh, as people ramp up to get ready for the national, or get ready for a, a big, you know, Dallas show or, 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 or a show coming up? Do you see, do you see the grading numbers increase as we get uh, ready towards the show or no? It's a good question. I have to look at the seasonality of this. It's a little hard. 2021 is kind of not that great of a read because everything was sort of closed. Um, I would think that you'd see a little bit of a move there. I think so. I would think so. I don't know. I'm not sure what history sort of shows on that front, but I would think that, you know, logically it makes sense that people want to get things in slab to maximize their potential in advance of trading or moving them, you know, selling them. Plus you also have football, which, you know, the football off season is a pretty aggressive period. Have the grading companies been consistent as how do they report? Have they changed how they report over over time or have they been pretty consistent? No, they've been consistent. The only one right now that's been a little bit of a challenge is just CSG has, um, you know, they're, they're smartly updating their pop report. You know, this it's a very tough job to get these pop reports right. You have a yeah. lot of people doing a lot of data entry and standardization is not a given. And so you know, I think CSG was getting ahead of that, but they've, they've had their pop report on pause for a couple months, which has just made it, you know, tricky for me to get any read on how they're doing. Um, and, you know, ideally that's sort of something that gets updated sooner than later. Um, but otherwise, you know, and, but anyways, that's a, it's a good move by them for, uh, to fix it, but it's definitely makes it harder to understand what's happening with their market. Uh, otherwise, yeah, everything's sort of status quo, you know, up, website updates and things like that are always productive. So I, you know, I hope somebody like Beckett, for example, continues to sort of think about how they, you know, position their pop report because it's just hard to navigate and, you know, it's not a great user experience. So ideally, you know, they keep innovating on that, but right now it's been status quo. Cool. All right, guys, follow Ryan on, it's gemrate, gemrate.com. Gemrate is on uh, Twitter. He is on Instagram. Those are two great uh, sites, uh, social medias to follow them. They're posting just about every day. They have daily statistics they post. They promote. They post weekly statistics as well as uh, monthly statistics. Uh, it's all covering the four major grading com uh, companies, and uh, it gives you just a, a snapshot of how the hobby's doing. I think it's it's a great uh, service that you guys are doing, Ryan. And uh, I think it, you know, as a collector, it's nice to see where the trends are, who people are. Uh, going after who who people are, are sending out to get graded, um, how their the companies are doing from one one week to the next. Uh, I really enjoy kind of watching the the trends. You know, it just it's kind of like watching a horse race, right? We don't have any we don't have any horses in, in the game, but we get to we get we get to watch all these 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 numbers pop up, which is really fun. Totally, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, plugging our channels, and thanks for letting me be a part and a partner of the show. It's, uh, very much appreciated. No problem. We'll have maybe we'll have you on one more time before the national. Okay. Yeah, I'm around. Just let me know. All right. Thank you, Ryan Sakzinski. Sorry, Ryan. I knew I was going to blow it. <laughs> no, you got it. You got it.
Ryan Stuxinski's jamrate.com. He gives us the big three every week. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Jeff. Sure, I think we have to sign Ryan up because he's smooth. Yeah, definitely <laughs> go with him. Especially, I mean, so, we're sitting there stumbling over just the names of the things for this. You know, or is, is this fallers, droppers, sliders, what are we going to call it? Let him come up with it, you know, let, let him take, you know, it. we, we talk about that and he, he think that's, he thinks that's the funniest thing. So nice. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for, for the big three. I mean, I told Ryan, we'll be, we'll bring Ryan back maybe one time before the national. All right. Yeah. Cause he did such a good job. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is the TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Drew, why don't you do yours? Because yours is fresh uh, from last night. It's fresh on your brain. Yeah. Why don't you take yours? All right. So, yeah, a few months ago, we got this uh, buy one, get one free deal on floor tickets for Impractical Jokers Live. Now, I'm sure that there are a lot of our listeners out there have seen the show on True TV. For those who don't know what it is, it's been going on for like 13 seasons now. They started this in the mid to late 2000s. Late 2000s, I guess it would have been. And it's these four guys who've been friends since high school and just the before they even had the show, they would just like compete to try to embarrass each other in public. And they figured out a way to turn this into a TV show. And so they had started this comedy group and then branched off in the TV show there. And uh, yeah, they'll like go around, you know, like, you know, dare each other to say something to somebody or try to get somebody to say something or try to get somebody to do something or anything like that. It's, it's, you'd have to see it for it to make sense, but it is pretty funny. And so they've eventually ended up, they have like this whole cruise that they do every couple of years with uh, all the actors from the show on it, doing the live stuff there and a touring live show. And so we uh, went to last night's one here. It was right here in Arlington. Actually it was on the uh, UT Arlington campus at their arena. And so uh, went to that. And so it's down to three members. Now one of the main uh, characters or main guys on the show left uh, about a year or two ago, but it's the other three are still around there. And, uh, we had some weather yesterday came rolling in and Sal, one of the three jokers ended up getting his flight delayed. He was supposed to come into Dallas and like, Whoa, lightning storm. We can't land here. So they ended up going in a holding pattern, waiting it out, waiting out, waiting out. And finally they brought him down in Houston. Oh, no. And so uh, we get to the show. It's supposed to start at seven and by like, or seven 30 by like eight o'clock, we hadn't heard anything. And they said, uh, Hey, yeah, we've got the uh, post-show meet and greet with Murr. We're moving up to the, uh, to before the show. Now and we're like, okay, what's going on? This is kind of weird. And so then uh, Murr and Q come out on stage and like, yeah, so uh, we currently are without Sal and told us about his uh, flight delay there and everything. And said, so good news is though, we've got our two openers here. We'll have them come out for you. And if worse comes to worse, it'll be just the two of us putting on a show. Maybe we'll do like a audience Q&A or something like that. And so they uh, had to create this entire show pretty much on the fly, take the stuff they had planned for it and figure out, okay, well, how can we do and talk about all the stuff with only two of us? And they just were able to come up with this whole thing on the fly off of it. And finally, Sal, they get him. He ends up calling them on like a Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. And they get him on there showing like they had to literally have the microphone up to the bottom of the phone there <laughs> and like have the camera zoom in on the phone. But he's like, yeah, I just landed. I'm on my way there. And as they played the last video that they had uh, planned for it, Sal comes out on stage. He's like, all right, I am finally here. I'm so sorry. But yes, I made it in. And so but. It was really great. I would absolutely, I would definitely go and see them again if they come to this area. And if they come to your area too, if you're a fan of the show, definitely go and check it out. I will say they also showed us a punishment from up this coming season from one of the shows. They're like, yeah, we can't let this get out. So don't record this with your phones or anything like that. Just, uh, but yeah, they showed it there. And so it was kind of cool getting to see like a preview of what's upcoming from this season. 
Very cool. And did you get any autographs? Was it a chance to get any autographs or no? I didn't. I didn't think that there was going to be a chance for it all. But then, yeah, at the end of the show, all three of them were like right at the front of the stage signing for everybody. But yeah, I didn't think to, uh, I mean, I wanted to, I'm thinking, yeah, I probably should, but I don't want to pay extra for like a meet and greet pass or anything like that. And well, now I know for next time, at least that, Hey, they probably will be up there and signing and stuff. And Alan Ginter did do cards of all four of the show's members at one point. So I'm sure I can probably find the three that are still on the show there and grab those and hopefully get uh, Joe Gatto at some point in the future to get the fourth one. Yeah, I wonder if they signed TTM. They used to. A few of them did, at least. I know a Q was always great about TTMs for a while. I think Murr did for a bit. Um, Sal, I think, was the one who's... he's He's got some uh, like social anxiety stuff as well, so I don't think he uh, does a whole lot of signing really anywhere. Just, so, uh, But yeah, other than that, I know at least two of them have been excellent TTM signers at one point. Very cool. Well, thank you, Drew. Hey, uh, my uh, TTM cast stamp approval is a book that I just started. It's called No Greater Love. It's the life stories of the men who saved baseball. And it's about guys that um, were in the, the war in World, World War II and, and did things during World War II and, and ended up uh, playing in Major League Baseball or playing Major League Baseball, went into the war. And uh, just, you know, we have uh, Memorial Day coming up and you know everyone's oh it's the, the kickoff to summer blah 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 but you gotta remember um, there's a lot of people that that uh, dedicated their their life to service of the con our country gave their 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 lives uh, in in war and it's just uh, it, it, it's great to remember the people that 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 um you know, you know help um, make our country great right. Mm -hmm. So it, yep. it's a great book. It's by Todd Anton. Uh, Kurt Schilling does the forward. Uh, I just started it and I'm really enjoying it. No Greater Love is the name of the book. Todd Anton is the author. And uh, with Memorial Day coming up, I thought it'd be nice to talk about a, a book that, that kind of covers that subject. So check it out. No Greater Love, Todd Anton. That is my TTM cast stamp for approval for the week. Nice. Right, Drew, that closes up TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up is the Vern Rap Minute. Drew, why don't you do the, the intro to the Vern Rap Minute because you do it so well. All right. Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Vern Rap. Jeff sent a TTM out to him not knowing that he had died. And so to save any of you from doing the same thing that we have done on a couple of occasions like that, we are here to let you know who has died in the previous week from the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. If they have died, we will let you know just so that you don't end up doing like we have done. Thank you, Drew. Well, Drew, we lost a great one, right? The probably the probably the best uh, football player ever, right? Easily at at least the top five among all football players, and I'd say the number one running back of all time for sure. And uh, a, a man for social change. He was a great activist. He was a uh, an actor, right? And yep. he 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 retired at a young age. And we're talking, of course, Jim Brown. Jim Brown played for the. Uh, 
the Cleveland Browns from 1957 to 1965. He won three MVPs. He was a pro bowler every year he played. He led the league, uh, what, eight out of the nine years that he played in for rushing. He yep. was um, took the Browns to three championship uh, games and won the championship in 1964. Of course, he went to Syracuse. He was a, a star at Syracuse. And uh, he was a great activist and social activist for, for civil rights in the 60s and it was really a mentor for Muhammad Ali and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell got involved with him and he was a, uh, an actor in many uh, like war movies right action comedies and stuff he was yeah he, he was a, he was he was a big into that and um, he was kind of reclusive right he he wasn't he didn't see Jim out on the 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 circuit um, you know, signing autographs and then all, all, the, all the shows. He wasn't a TTMer. Um, Jim Brown passed away. He was 87 years old. Two other things about him that he also was famous for. He was possibly the greatest college lacrosse player of all time. So good to where they had to make some rules to uh, prevent one of his uh, main tactics. He would scoop the ball up in the, in the stick there, hold it right to his body and just go plowing through everybody and just march it right into the goal, basically. And uh, in 1992, he actually negotiated a truce between the Bloods and the Crips in the Watts neighborhood of Los Angeles. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, kept busy right when there Jim with Brown a lot spoke. People listened exactly. Yes, uh, we also lost uh, Craig Pookie this week. He was a linebacker, played for the 49ers and the Cardinals, 1980 and 81. Appeared in Super Bowl number 16 with the 49ers when they beat the uh, Bengals for the first time. Yep. He also played at University of Tennessee. Not known to be a TTMer though. Craig Pookie was. Uh, 66 years old. We lost Wendell Olson. Wendell Olson uh, was on the 1956-1960 Olympic hockey team. The 56 team, I believe, won the silver medal. The 1960 team won the gold medal. He played 14 games in the Olympics, and he scored seven goals. He went to Michigan State. He played 71 games with Michigan State, and he scored 125 points. I believe he is in six different Hall of Fames. So he... Uh, Made his mark in hockey. Uh, Wendell Wilson was a good T-Tammer. He was 90 years old. I also lost uh, Rodrigo Barnes this week, another linebacker. This one played at Rice University in college. Went into the NFL from 1973 to 76 with the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Raiders. So four teams in four seasons right there for him. Occasionally T-Tammer. He's an okay T-Tammer there. He was 73 years old. Yeah, and Rodrigo Barnes, he was a, very much a civil rights activist, and he hurt his knee, and that's how he ended his career, because uh, he was that he was a pretty good player back in the day, but um, his, his political stance got him in trouble, basically, wherever, <laughs> wherever he was, so he kind of, you know, he's one of those guys that was talented enough to hang around, but would, would, would wear out his welcome fairly quickly. Yep, yep. <laughs> we lost uh, Gary Hart. Gary Hart was a, a great... Uh, NFL NHL player. He played 730 games with the Red Wings, the Islanders, the Nordiques, and the Blues from 1969 to 1982. He scored 29 goals and 150 assists. Um, he was on. He was on all those um, Islander Stanley Cup teams, right? True. I think so. I know at the very least he was there for. Uh, he was uh, one of the original Islanders in their first season, and then yeah. yeah, probably at least a couple of the Cup teams, if not all four. Yeah, he was a pretty good player. He was actually a great TTMer. Gary Hart was 75 years old. We lost Don Denkinger this week. He was in Major League umpire for a long time, 1969 to 1998. So you're talking 70s, 80s, 90s. You're talking 30 years of umpiring there for him. Unfortunately, he is most famous for his uh, blown call in Game 6 of the 85 World Series that 
led to the Cardinals losing to the Royals and also led to a, a hilarious couple of commercials that he did related to it. I think it was A&W Root Beer was one of the big ones that he was uh, that he did there. He was an excellent TTMer, though. Uh, Don Dekinger died at 86 years old. In the world of wrestling, we, we, we seem to be losing a lot of wrestlers lately, Drew. It's, a, it's a, a tough life. These guys are on the road all the time, and they beat up their bodies, and it's really tough. Well, we lost superstar Billy Graham. Remember superstar Billy Graham? He was kind of a, a bodybuilder, kind of in, in uh, Hulk Hogan mode, right? He was a, yeah. he was a big guy, um, great wrestler in uh, uh, the WWE. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, he passed away at 79 years old. Uh, we also lost uh, Bill Saluga this week. He was a comedian, and you may know him from The Gong Show as uh, Ray J. Johnson. Also appeared on uh, Seinfeld a bit as well. They made a lot of references to him on The Simpsons, too. They love breaking out a Ray J. Johnson reference every now and then during the first uh, three or four seasons or so. But uh, Bill Saluga was 85 years old. I don't know I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I always thought that was the funniest, nice. funniest bit. You, you just get, all you have to do is, you can call me Ray, and you, <laughs> you start laughing. I, he was, he, he nailed it, you know? Yep, yep. We lost a pioneer in golf. Her name was Marlene Haig Vossler. She was the last surviving founder of the LPGA. Wow. When you think about that, uh, there were 13 women that founded the LPGA in 1950. Marlene was the last surviving member. Uh, and it's really neat that the, that they, um, you know, something that's grown so big so quickly, really only 1950 when it was started. So the, uh, Marlene Haig Vossler, she was 89 years old. Uh, we also lost Doyle Brunson this week, one of my favorite poker players of all time. He, of course, literally wrote the book on poker when it came out with Super System in the mid-1970s. He said uh, the money that writing that book cost him in poker winnings definitely exceeded the money from the sales of it. But uh, yeah, he was the first poker player ever to win a million dollars in a tournament. He won at least two main event World Series of Poker bracelets back-to-back -back years, both holding a 10-2 as his uh, winning hand. And uh, went on to win several others in some of the smaller events as well. I think he may have been the first one to reach 10 World Series of Poker bracelets, but don't quote me on that one. But uh, I know he won a whole bunch from there for quite a while there. And he was truly one of the big pioneers of poker, especially Texas Hold'em poker in its early days. Doyle Brunson was 89 years old. And I believe he was he signed through the mail, right? He was a pretty yes, good TTMer. Yes, I got him on a couple of custom index cards a few years ago. Very good TTMR. Very cool. Well, guys, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Our, our, you know, our, our condolences and sympathy go out to anyone that, that passed away this week. We're, we're sorry for your loss. And, and just to reiterate, Jim Brown was more than an athlete. And, uh, you know, his, his loss is big. It's not just a, a, a sports thing, right? Jim Jim Brown cut across many things, including entertainment and including um, civil rights and stuff. And, uh, you know, his presence in uh, the community, I'm sure will be missed. Absolutely. I mean, he's, when you talk about a cultural icon from the world of sports, he absolutely was one of them. Yeah. And, and we lost it. We Bill Russell, now Jim Brown. So it's the, you know, these guys are, aren't going to be around forever. And it's, it's really sad sometimes when, when people that, you know, we look up to his kids, and uh, Drew, Drew, I'm sure you as a Cleveland Browns fan, you know, he was the guy, right? He was the Mount Rushmore of Cleveland Browns, and to, it's it's sad to, to lose somebody that, that was so iconic. Absolutely. You'd see him. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, that you'd, uh, anytime he was on the sideline for a Browns game, you would always see him right there with that uh, colorful cap that he would always wear. And yep. anytime that he was there, NBC or CBS would always make a point to go, oh, and there's Jim Brown on the Browns sideline there, and blah, blah, blah. And 
it was kind of cool because uh, Hank Aaron was also a big Browns fan and would sometimes sit incognito in the dog pound and just, you know, try to blend in with everybody there. Kind of makes you wonder how many games were Jim Brown and Hank Aaron in the same stadium there together? Because I mean, that's some, that's a crazy group of talent right there just among those two guys. I know they were showing ESPN has been running a, a thing about Jim Brown. They must've done a 20, 20 uh, 30, 30 on Jim Brown or something, but I, so I've been, I was watching it and there's this one picture from it's 1967. It's they called it the Cleveland meeting or something like that. And in the picture is Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then a bunch of other uh, great athletes from that that era. And imagine getting all the all those guys to have signed that photo. You know what I mean? There must, there must be a signed photo of that somewhere around. I would think and hope so. That would be an amazing piece right there. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. And as I said, we are, we are sorry for, for uh, your loss. Next up, Drew, is DTM Returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. We got to get an echo or something, Drew. I'm, I just, I miss Yeah, we got to, I got to, I got to, I've got this nice uh, twin reverb amp for my guitar. And I bet we can run vocals so we get some real nice reverb out of it. And yeah, we'll have, I'll, right, I'll have we to need that for, we need that. a returns, like a cool returns with the, with the echo and stuff. Cause yeah. you know, that's why we do this, right? We're, we're, we do all this silly stuff and we send out all these mails and we spend all this time writing letters, mm-hmm. but what? For returns, well, you know what? This was this week was a little slow for me and, and slow for you as well. I'll do mine first. I have four. You have you had two. Uh, nothing to write home about in ter- terms of, of um, you know Hall of Famers or anything. But I got Gene Walter, who was played uh, with the Padres, and I got him on his '87 tops card. Um, took a couple of weeks. I I sent out a bunch of '87 tops cards on two or three weeks ago, and they're starting to roll in. I got Ernie Witt from the uh, Blue Jays, the catcher. I got him on his '87 and '86 tops card. I got you know what? I must have sent uh, two different requests out to Drew Druan because I got Drew Duran um, return like last week or ten days ago. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple of cards and he sent up um, a postcard. And then I got one yesterday from him that I didn't remember sending out. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got two more Drew Duran's cards. Maybe I will we'll raffle them off because I think they're double. So I'll ha- I have to go through them. I got, I got 76 and 77 Drew Duran card. And he sent a, uh, another another uh, postcard, but it's a different postcard than the one he sent me for the first one he sent me. Oh, wow. So, and it's funny, the first postcard he sent me, he didn't sign. This one he signed. So, wow. I don't know. Yeah. But Jude Duran was a pretty good player uh, back in the day. He played for the the, the um, Canadians, and he also played for the North Stars, and I played, think played for the Islanders as well. Um, he was a pretty good player. And lastly, this one was through uh, our, our friend at um, at the, um, I'm, I'm having a, the card life. Oh, yeah. All right. I had, uh, I got, uh, I pulled a Matt Strom card um, from a series two last, the, last year. And I had it sitting around and, and I said, Hey, uh, Brandon, I got, I have Matt a card with Matt Strom card. Do you think he'll sign it? So I sent it to him and then he totally forgot about it. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I, he go, he sent me a text the other day and he says, you know what? I'm going to see Matt in a couple of days. I'm going to have him sign your card. I promise. Nice. <laughs> so I got it back. It's cool. It, it's cool. It's he's on a, he's a red, it's a Red Sox card. So I don't think Matt signs TTM. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but I did get, he did sign a card for me. So I want to th- thank our, our, our friends at the car life. Uh, they're great. It's a great TV show. We love it. Yes. Matt, thank you very much. Brandon, thank you very much. And, uh, 
that kind of wraps up my returns this week. I have not done, I, I got I haven't uh, really done deep into sending out returns the last couple of weeks. And I, I got to get some returns out next week or, or my mailbox is going to be empty, you know? Yeah. I just sent out about, you know, 15 or so, maybe a week and a half or ago or thereabouts. So I've got another pile of 15 I need to write here, but hopefully those will start rolling in. Got a few older ones that came in this past week. Um, Actually, they both came in on the same day. It was funny because uh, I got a comment on one of my YouTube videos. Somebody saying, wow, Monday and Tuesday have really been your uh, big days here this uh, last few weeks there. And this week, I got nothing on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And then finally, <laughs> oh, no! on Thursday, yeah, I'm sitting there I'm thinking, damn you for jinxing this for me. But no, fortunately, uh, Thursday, I ended up getting a couple of them in with uh, Kyle Cody was one of them. I sent to him. He's a Rangers uh, minor league pitcher, plays in Round Rock. And I sent to him back in September of last year because – He'd been a pretty solid TTMer through Round Rock throughout the season and uh, for a couple of years before that. And so uh, I mailed off to him and never got it back. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe I got it in too late. It was like early September, right as the season was starting to come to an end and everything. And uh, so my friend Chris says, hey, I've gotten an extra of his uh, 21 heritage if you need it. I'm like, yeah, because I never got my TTM back. So Chris gave that one to me. And then uh, about a month after he gives that to me, boom, my Kyle Cody comes rolling in that I sent back out in September. So Got him at least signed in blue. Looks real nice. Real thin tip blue Sharpie on there, but came out uh, pretty good. Uh, same day, I also got Brian Prop in, of course. Prop has uh, 400, uh, over 400 career goals and close to 500, but came up just short on that. Played, of course, for a long time for the Flyers. Went to the Bruins, the North Stars, the Whalers. I think that covers all of his teams. But uh, he also enclosed two extra items signed as well. One of them was uh, a photo with kind of an advertisement for an upcoming signing that he's doing somewhere. He signed that and... Uh, Personalizes everything as well. So just uh, if you're not a fan of personalizations, be forewarned, he will personalize everything. And also sent me a business card for uh, his uh, cigar brand that he signed as well. So tossing a couple extra items, that's always a, a very welcome bonus. You know what, and, maybe uh, we should reach out to him, maybe as a potential guest, what do you think? That would be good. Yeah, I bet he might be, uh, might be willing to be on the show. Yeah. He was a great in-person signer as well. I got him a number of times when he was uh, broadcasting for the Flyers back in the early 2000s. And I've got one coming in today that uh, looks like it is going to be coming from Jim Johnson, who is a defenseman for the Penguins, the North, uh, the North Stars. And I think he went up and finishing his career up with the uh, Phoenix Coyotes, if I remember right. So should be coming in today based on my informed delivery. So hopefully that'll be uh, something I can mention next week as well. Very cool. I got two other ones to, to mention. I got a uh, RTS for, from Bobby Clark. I'm so bummed about okay. that. So I sent that out a while, a while ago and just came back the other day. And I got a return, Drew. Uh, you you'd be yelling at me. I got I got my return envelope. Open it up. My letters in there. Mm -hmm. No card. Have no idea who it's from. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, and it came from Seattle. And I don't. I gotta go check my my uh, sent my things that I sent out because I don't know when I sent it out. But yeah. I got that. I got I got back an empty envelope with my letter. Oh, geez. Which well, is weird, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, that that's the benefit of putting the initials on there. Even if you put them on the back, so you'll truly surprise when they come in. You don't know from informed delivery or anything. But I know, but my wife yeah. was yelling at me. She says, Drew does it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, that wraps up returns. Hopefully, we'll get some more next uh, next week and, and keep the keep it up. All right, you want to wrap this thing up? I think so, yeah. And this is how it ends.
All right, buddy. We are. We have. I think we we'll have. We have one more show for May, but this this uh, week we want to first thank Gordon Wilcher for joining us. It was great to talk to him. Uh, Les Wolf, of course, doing all the appraisals, guys. If you sent in something to get appraised by Les, thank you. If we missed you this time, don't worry about it. We will have another appraisal show in June. So if you have any stuff that you want to send to Les, if you have any questions for Les, send an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. and we'll make sure we get you covered. Also, remember. Uh, I want uh, to thank Don McNeil, who was in our TKMCast 101, our Wednesday show. So that was on this Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we have Gil Hodges Jr. So make sure you tune in for that on uh, next Wednesday, talking about uh, his dad, of course. And uh, it's really uh, a nice interview. And he remembers his dad fondly and about his time with the the Mets. And about he tells a great story about uh his time with the Mets. He also talks about uh, all the boys of summer. It's a really fun interview. So that will be coming on Wednesday. On Saturday, we will have a collector's corner, special collector's corner with a, a Star Wars collector. So that will be coming. I haven't done the interview yet. I'm going to do the interview on Thursday. So we're not sure what we're going to hear, have on that one, but nice. we will have a, we will hear from our collector, a Star Wars collector and collector's corner and Les Wolf will be with us again. So uh, we will be wrapping up May. And uh, geez, Drew, it just keeps on flying by. It, it, feel, it feels like we just finished February. Yeah, I mean, this has uh, been ridiculously fast this year, it seems like. I've got a game planned uh, to go to in two weeks, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I haven't bought cards for that yet. i got to scramble and get that done. So I ended up doing I know, that everything, last night. Just, everything's, everything's just quick. Sneak- Everything's just sneaking up, sneaking up on us lately. So, guys, if you're interested in being a, a guest on the show, we love to talk to collectors. You want to be in Collectors Corner, send an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com yeah we appreciate all our listeners our listeners continues to grow congratulations to all our winners right all our our our, uh, our um our card cradle winners right thank you card cradle the, the card cradle check those out um great great stuff so uh we have all sorts of stuff planned for you uh please uh tell tell your friends what we're doing we we, we uh love to uh, get new listeners and we really thank you for that well drew anything else before i let you go i think we're pretty well covered for the week all right guys i want to wish everyone many happy returns we will see you on wednesday be good have a good week hey.